content warning. Tone Deaf is rated explicit for mature content and strong language. Spoilers are in every episode, so if you haven't seen the shows we are reviewing, you can always check back in later with us. We'll be here when you get back. Welcome to Tone Deaf, a theater nerd's guide for their musically challenged spouse. I'm Kay, a musical theater nerd who went by one letter for their name before it was cool. <laughs> and I'm Warren. I haven't gone by one letter for my name because I have three names. <laughs> a big middle first name, a nickname. A middle name. Okay, a last mean, name. Technically, I have five, six if we're keeping my maiden name, which we're not. But you know. So I gotta ask, who? who what's the whole going v. by? Oh God damn it! Why did I not realize that? <laughs> We've both been playing cyberpunk, so of course, of course, that which, reference makes sense. I'm I'm happy that V and I. Well, V's given name is the same as one of my middle names so yes this is true. i am i female I, v yeah female v female presenting v don't is, know uh i should say uh female voiced v yeah female voiced i don't yeah, know i've if, got some issues with that but that's okay <laughs> i don't know what male voiced v's name is i'm betting on vincent i'm betting on valerius because they're lazy <laughs> i don't i don't think it'll be victor because there's yeah, already, there's a already victor, victor. valerius like, not that you can't have two victors in a story but i feel like the writer's room would have been like mm. same name same <laughs> name you get a discount get up on there and me pluck out those eyes and give you cool robot <laughs> wait wait, eyes. wait wait we're a musical theater podcast oh that's right we're not a cyberpunk <laughs> podcast however yes there is there's Corporate War the Musical in which I need to find it. I, they've I mentioned it. it. I don't know if it'll be a thing in the in the game. I really hope it is because then we could do a cyberpunk episode. They there is a bit that I've walked into where someone's singing a bit from it and it sounds like a parody of I Dreamed a Dream from Les Mis. <laughs> yeah. I need I need this. I need it to be real, please God. Oh man. CD Project Red, I know you're listening in Poland. So do this. Do this. And also, uh, we're on PC, so we're not as affected, but fix the game. <laughs> yeah. So, so funny side note, I saw a, a funny review on Steam that made me laugh and uh, said the greatest, greatest early access game of all time. Can't wait for the final build. Mm -hmm. Made me laugh. I've only found Paperboy with the best cyber armor in the game. <laughs> Cyberware, not cyber armor. Paper is surprisingly good at stopping bullets. Yeah, I so. Cy hey, CD Projekt Red, also, give me my Paperboy cyberware. You cowards. You cowards. But we're not <laughs> that, here to talk that, about cyberpunk. That might very well be the most digressy <laughs> intro we've ever done. Usually we do the, hey, I'm Kay, I'm Warren, this is a musical theater podcast where I know stuff and he doesn't. And, and then we go into the show and then instead we were like, hey, hey everybody, do you want to know what we've been doing? I really want to go back to playing. <laughs> no, you have to edit. Uh, uh, okay, well, let's get this over with then. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, yeah, we are doing something similar to Jingle Jangle, where it's a show that neither of us saw, and we jumped in kind of blind with it. We saw The Prom on Netflix. Which was good. Yes. And we had we, we were we had some gripes about certain parts of it. Mm-hmm. Overall, I thought it was pretty dang good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was entertaining, to be sure. Uh has some heavy stuff though. Yeah, has some real heavy yeah, stuff. Yeah, it though. broke me for like three days. It it did. K K got K K got uh, shaken a bit. I have I have not been that broken, I think, since Rachel. From from Black History Month. Oh, so yes, the prom, which Kay and I both talked about. We were we. I don't like when they do, and this I this might this we're just say a musical like a theater purist, like as if I'm some <laughs> theater purist. But it is something that is annoying when a show gets popular and then they try to make a movie out of it and they don't use the people who were in the show. Yeah. It's one thing if they don't want to do it. Like, maybe they just love theater yeah. and they're like, no, I don't want to be in a movie. Mm-hmm. Sure. Or if they're unable to, or if there's a contract thing. But mm-hmm. the fact that, like, nobody from the theater version was in this is As one of those... far as I know, yeah. yeah. It's... It, it's... I don't like that. Because uh, they didn't do that with uh, Rent. No. Rent, they used everybody it, they could. Everybody except for Joanne. And with, like, it almost feels like My Fair Lady on a cast-wide scale. Where it was supposed to be Julie Andrews, but they said, no, you're not a big enough star. And then she turned mm. around, did Sound of Music, and went, fuck you, Fox. <laughs> or no, not Fox. Who was it that... Anyway. <laughs> a spoonful of fuck you makes the <laughs> review much better. Makes the review much better. Yeah, it's it's like... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I I feel like if they were to have tried to go with folks that like if if for some reason it was because the because I didn't look into this because I wanted to yeah, go in as to go fresh as I could um, if it was really just a conflicting thing which I kind of doubt um, why didn't they have Patty Lapone as Meryl Streep's character and Nathan Lane as James Corden's big shrug. That's who they are. And they are good at playing, at, at like poking fun at themselves. And that's who those characters were. <laughs> I appreciate people who can who can make fun of themselves. As somebody yeah. who, who has a master's degree in self-deprecating humor, mm-hmm. I appreciate when other people can poke fun at themselves. That's awesome you got your master's. I'm still working on my bachelor's. Well, I mean, really, it's a doctorate, but I didn't want to brag. Oh, okay. I don't want it, you'd have to call me Dr. Warren. Because, Why not? Dr. Warren's sexy. Well, you see, we've tried that before, and you go, hey, not role-playing that. That's true, yeah. So. I don't want to... No, you're... I mean, Teacher Warren is worse <laughs> than Dr. Warren, but... <laughs> so, Miss K, you're failing my class. No. How are you going to... No. Earn some extra credits? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Anyways... <laughs> Do you have anything you want to say before we get started? Um, it made me cry. It did. Like, uh, it ma- full cry. <laughs> it made it made Kay cry a couple times. And you know what? Uh, it almost made me cry a couple times. I got some, uh, some teary eyes, and I thought the Curse of the Witch was going to be broken, at least in part. Mm-hmm. But then uh, 
the the curse snapped back into effect, and all of the tears were transferred to K, mm-hmm. who uh, had uh, was broken for days. <laughs> <laughs> a couple days, yeah, yeah. It, like we're talking about this this show hits hard if you experience any part of this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> as as a straight cis white man, I was surprised how much I identified with uh, the the main character Emma, mm-hmm. uh, which was odd. Yeah, because I'm like the last demographic that should ever <laughs> identify with but a, you, you've a had lesbian. Shit happen because of Utah and its amazingness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah. <sighs> two two people who are definitely not going to the Celestial Kingdom host a podcast about theater. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm going the, to the Celestial Kingdom because I have uh, forsaken my religion. I don't know. Outer Darkness <clears throat> has the best beer. Well, that's the same thing. Oh, whatever. It's it's um, Outer Darkness is the best beer. <laughs> mm. The show opens up with a school board being a bunch of dicks voting to cancel prom because they have a specific they have uh, specific guidelines. Girls must wear non-revealing dresses. Okay, that's fine. Mm-hmm. It's a school dance. Why not? Boys must wear suits or tuxedos. Okay, yeah, that's fine. I it's a prom supposed to be kind of a classy event. You get dressed up. You have a good time. Sure, I have no issues with saying hey, you can't come in a t-shirt and khakis. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. And. All participants must bring a date of the opposite sex. Okay, not fine. Fuck you. Yeah. So, of course, that's where the main conflict of the show originates, is that we have a gay character who wants to bring her girlfriend to the Mm -hmm. prom, and the school board, rather than being, you know... (laughs) Rather than, you know, being loving Christians, love thy neighbor and all that, they're like, No! Homosexuality is a sin! Pardon me while I go get my hair cut, get a tattoo, and eat some shrimp. Uh, uh. A reporter asks Bitch Von's school board if they can just ban the one student from going to the prom. And Bitch Von's school board is like, Nah, we'd get sued, so it's better if I just cancel the entire event and pin it all on the queer girl who wants to bring her girlfriend to the prom. Seems legit, bitch. And I hate... That this was something that actually would happen. Yeah, did. I, I, I hate it so much. Yeah, it's it's with the fire of a thousand suns. It's some pettiness. That is yes, some, it is. That is some petty punishing of a teen. Yeah, just it's, for for being who they are. Yeah, you know, you're wrong. You're wrong for being who you are. It's like, and then people wonder why God. teens are committing suicide at alarming rates. Gee, I wonder why, fuck faces. I know that that, uh, <sighs> and this, hence some of the tone. I mean, there's no teen suicide in this. Thank God. But there yeah. were some moments. See, that... Kay, Kay and I had talked about previously that this is a PG-13 film. And so they have some silly bits to try and bring levity to the uh, serious weight of the LGBTQ issues in the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it had been an R-rated show, it would have probably been a lot more true to life in terms of yeah. the level of discrimination and hardship that people in that community face mm-hmm. from other groups. Uh, I'm glad that it didn't. I'm glad this was not a Kill the Gays show. Uh, yeah, no, those, I think that Kill the Gays are banned here and here and forever. 
are banned. No one can kill gays anymore in your media. You know what? If you're going to kill a gay, you got to kill a straight. That's the rules. That's the rule. No, for every gay that dies, you have to kill 10 straights. How about that? Because <laughs> it's already so disproportionate in terms of numbers in the populace. Mm-hmm. you got you got to electoral college this shit. <laughs> I'm just saying, fair representation, okay? We're, if we're going to go by demographics and trying to ensure that everything is balanced. I'm just saying the silent minority is very vocal. Or silent majority is, yeah, quote unquote silent majority. Yeah, quote unquote silent majority. Calm, K. Calm. Calm. Stay off of your soapbox, K. Theater is inherently political. Theater is inherently political. Art is inherently political. Yes. And uh, And you and I have a hard time not being political. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, after the credits, we get taken to Broadway, where we're seeing a red carpet event for an Eleanor Roosevelt musical. (laughs) The uh, self-gratifying duo playing Eleanor and FDR are Meryl Meryl Streep and James Corden, respectively. Their characters tell the reporters about how they're so wonderful as actors and launch into a song about how actors change lives with how amazing they are. It's just what they do. They can't help it. It's who they are. What they also do is get ripped apart by reviewers who just blast the duo for their heavy-handed performances and it boils down to no one likes a narcissist. You know what, though? I sit here and I go... This would be one of the shows that we would be like, give me the bootlegs. You you closed it after one night. Give me the bootlegs. Oh, yeah. It must be preserved. Oh, hell yeah. I would abs- <laughs> I would absolutely watch a, a uh, FDR Eleanor Roosevelt. Even if it's bad. Even, exactly. How many... Uh, good, we've... bad, and ugly of theater must be preserved. <laughs> exactly. We have survived some truly, truly terrible shows. Yes. We could survive that. Yes. And I do love... Uh, what their manager tells them with some of the reviews, like talk, it, was, it was like having a syrup-soaked American flag rammed down my throat, you know. Yes. So, like, the, when when the manager is reading the 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 blasting from reviewers, it is so funny. Mm-hmm. It's so Which great. the manager was someone who I was surprised. I I have not seen Kevin Chamberlain in years. I did not recognize him. That's who played the manager, and I was just like, what the fuck. Kevin Chamberlain is an actor Other who exists, <laughs> and he's in this film. Uh, <laughs> he plays he was... the manager of the of the Broadway group. Yes, and uh, he's funny. Okay, uh, so <laughs> so he delivers the sad news that uh, the reviewers do not like our our Broadway cast, and uh, the message bo- that boils down to is nobody likes a narcissist, which I wish was the case, but. Uh, Okay, I won't talk about politics, even though the arts are inherently political. Okay. Okay. I won't do it. Fuck Trump. Okay, now I won't. I'm done. (laughs) Anyways, after the duo of... uh, Oh, God. I tried to mash their names together. You know how you get, like, Benifer and stuff like that? What did you do? Uh, Gerald Corstreet. So, have fun with that, babe. 
After the duo of Gerald Corstreep get the plethora of bad news and personal attacks from reviewers sick of them, their agent goes to try and uh, change the narrative and hopefully save their careers. The narcissist duo go to do what any uh, Broadway actor would do after a failed show, drown their sorrows at the bar. Mm-hmm. The guy from the original run of Book of Mormon who played Elder Price, okay, what's his name? Andrew Rannells. I like him. I do too. He is fun. He is the bartender who Meryl, I can't, Meryl can't uh, remember, even though they've been in five different shows together. And James Corden's character seems to really hate him because Elder Price went to Juilliard and he won't shut up about it. Elder Price explains that he's working as a bartender because he's in between roles and he feels adrift, (laughs) much like he did before going to Juilliard. (laughs) And Elder Price continues talking about how his life revolves around the fickle whims of Lady Theater. Gerald Cordreep are saved from Elder Price <laughs> by uh, as Nicole Kidman enters the scene with some swaggering hips. Which, you know, Nicole Kidman has aged really well. Mm-hmm. I don't know how old she is, but when she walks in... She's missing a few feathers, but yeah, she aged well. Missing a few feathers? We've seen her this year, too. Happy feet. Oh my god, you're right. Yep. Ah. (laughs) My smooth brain. You're fine. My silky smooth brain. You are fine. My nonstick, silky smooth, never needs cleaning brain. In fact, this episode, we have two tone-deaf alums in it. Because we have Nicole Kidman and Keegan-Michael Key. This is true. We do. Mm -hmm. Uh, And... Both are really good. But I will say, key. I couldn't help but look at her butt when she entered the scene because she has the swagger and she hips in that nice dress. Bu- yeah, she had mm, a good butt so, in that dress. Yeah, she did. Nicole is also down on her luck, and the party of four sit around getting drunk. They lament about how they can still be narcissists and pretend to care about other people. They start brainstorming how they can do something important but not too difficult. (laughs) Nicole finds herself on Twitter and the story of the bigoted school board canceling prom. The principal is all... Oh, actually, (laughs) the principal, because this character is a real pal. He's a good principal. (laughs) Played by Key. Played by Keegan-Michael Key. Is all... I'm going to raise hell with the state legislature because this is a civil rights case. And the four musical narcissists are like, we can go there and raise hell because it's in America and we love attention and we don't have to go to some third world country and help them dig wells or something. (laughs) And the quattro sings about how they're going to save the day for this little gay girl. Such a... The, The songs and the music in this are... I don't... Dang it. So the... When we were done watching it, I mm-hmm. had the uh, ending song stuck in my head uh-huh. for a little while. But even though I did like the music, I don't particularly have... It didn't stick. Yeah, it didn't stick. And that's not because of my Teflon brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, the... It's it's not very catchy. Yeah, it's like... good. Like, it's it's good and it sounds well and it's performed well. It just wasn't as catchy as other stuff. Yeah, like, I'm I'm struggling to keep the I Want to Dance with You song stuck in my head, but it it just keeps slipping off, and that's rare for me. The one one song that I do like, like it's really just the first verse from the song, uh, it sucks to be gay in Indiana. Yes. <laughs> I do like I'm that. like, oh, oh, you poor girl. Oh, man, like I said, I... I can only fathom 
what it's like to be a gay person, an openly gay person in a red state Mm -hmm. with people just treating you like you're an abomination because of who you are. I just... It fucking sucks. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Okay, cut to said gay girl in high school opening her locker and finding... A bigot teddy bear hate gram. I don't know. Like, I was trying to think of, like, a teddy gram mm-hmm. or something like that. Because those are a thing. But this is a a uh, not nice one. Yeah. Two Fuck pink, those kids. Yeah, they're two pink, uh, two pink bears who are scissoring with one another. And there's a note that says, my name is Les. And uh, two, bitchy cheerleader, two bitchy cheerleaders walk by, sarcastically thanking Emma for getting prom canceled for being gay. Another cheerleader walking by the other way tells the other two girls to chill out because they're not in third grade anymore. And she makes eyes at our protagonist. Mm -hmm. Not sure if she's the secret gay or not, but it's to be determined. Yes, yes she is. Yes, she is. I called it, but it was also uh, hinted at with the way that her and Emma exchange looks. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. It still blows my mind. That that actress is only, like, three years younger than me. You say she's, like, 29? Yeah, she is 29. I don't know if it's a combination of just her having... The other girl's 25, but still, See, I would have thought that Emma was older than than her, but... Yeah. Black don't crack, man. (laughs) It doesn't, and she is a, like... Mine, because she's Afro, Afro Puerto Rican Italian, whereas I'm. That's a sexy yeah, combination. Yeah, and I'm just like you're almost the same mix as me. That's awesome. Yeah, I will say like that's the thing. Like she's incredibly gorgeous mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and incredibly young looking for 29. I don't know yes. if they did some makeup stuff too to try and make her look more like a high schooler. But holy shit, I bet she's if she buys alcohol, she probably gets ID oh, every time. It's she probably goes through the same hell that I do. Oh God. <laughs> she gets, she probably gets uh, ID'd for rated R movies or mm-hmm. something like that, mm-hmm. some stupid shit like that. If I ever meet her, have you ever been P- have you ever been ID'd for a PG thirteen movie? Same face. <laughs> God, I still hate that. <laughs> okay, it's Iron Man. It's not like anything bad's gonna uh... happen in this. Why? <laughs> Anyways, teenagers trying too hard at their high school job and tainting our date night aside <laughs> our protagonist emma launches into her intro song about if you can help it don't be gay in indiana which yeah wasn't uh mike pence governor of indiana and then there wasn't there a aids crisis under his uh governorship yeah fuck him too okay yeah no more politics onward <laughs> 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 Emma sings about how there are places where it's okay to be gay, like San Francisco, but not Indiana. Emma goes about her day while singing about how unfair it is to be gay in Indiana. She catches some shit from two dude bros who are swim, uh, two dude bro swimmers for being gay. And in gym class, she gets pummeled with dodgeballs. Emma goes to her next class and is stopped by the principal, who is like, Hey, good news. The state attorney thinks that this is a civil rights case and is trying to hype Emma up to st- and he is trying to hype Emma up to stay positive about this. We then see our four narcissists on the bus to Indiana <laughs> hyping themselves up about how they're such good people doing good work and Merrill is like, "Oh, this is going to get me my third Tony." And James reveals that he's concerned that he reveals his concerns about doing this 
good work for selfish reasons because he doesn't want to fail again and prove all of the negative naysayers in his life that they were right to be negative naysayers and for per and for him pursuing his dreams of being a Broadway diva. Oh, and all the while, the kids on the bus are singing Godspell songs <laughs> yes! and pissing off James. I love the Godspell kids. They are, they are great. They are fantastic. And I love that it's a touring company of Godspell just because the... It, that's a fun tour. That's a fun show that's that tours. Um, and I just, they are probably the best, like the best ensemble characters or Greek chorus almost for this, because it's everything that Godspell teaches. Of course, they're the perfect group to be doing this, like to and, be there, and they're really good. Uh, in the later scene yes. in the mall, yes. uh, which we'll talk about. And and they act exactly like every <laughs> cast of Godspell I've ever been in. It's so fun. And it's like, yeah, we drive other theater people nuts, but it's okay because we're having fun. <laughs> <laughs> An elder Price on the bus is motion sick and puking up his guts. But all in all, the narcissist squad are excited to be... Uh, are excited to be in the limelight while attempting to do good for poor Emma in Indiana. And uh, there's one thing I forgot to mention. So back in New York, when they were all getting drunk and they first hatched, like, the plan to go to Indiana and help Emma, Elder Price talks about how he can get Sondheim yes. to write a song for them <laughs> to perform while they're there to, like, try and, I don't melt the hearts of the... Mm -hmm. the the homophobes there. Yeah. And he talks about, oh, he, Sondheim loves my, my, uh, sweetie, my sweetie Todd, Todd kind of thing. And so, so keep that in mind because yes. that comes back later. <laughs> and so from the bus, we cut to a PTA meeting where Principal Keegan-Michael Key is trying to explain to the bigots that having an inclusive prom is a good idea and reflects positive American values. One bigot in the crowd says that she will not force her son to go to a homosexual prom. Ugh. I could go on and on and on about how fucking stupid these bigots are and how having one gay couple at their prom doesn't make it a gay prom. Or hell, even having a 51% gay total of participants doesn't make it a gay prom. That there is enough room for everyone to be represented and included in group activities and... I guess I did just that. Anyways. <laughs> you know, they used to, I don't know if they still do it, but they used to do a queer prom in Utah and it would be at Salt Palace. And uh, my friend Elva went to it. We drove her there one time, but it was one of those things where I didn't find out about it until I was a little too old to go to it, or at least to where I felt I was a little too old because I could have, but I didn't. I was kind of like, no. No, and also, being around a lot of people... See, that's the one that gets is me. ...is the other thing. Because even though it would people. be people that I would feel very comfortable around, it would still be large groups of people, and still I... large groups of people. It, unless I'm putting on a mask, I can't do that. Like, I... <laughs> I, I <laughs> social anxiety, ahoy. Even though we've been to, like, Comic-Con a few times and mm -hmm. we've been in large groups of people and stuff like that, it's something that I can only tolerate in mm -hmm. small doses. And it's it's like drowning in a sea of humanity. Yes. <laughs> it's the best way I could put it. If I'm cosplaying, it's a little different because I can 
dissolve into a character and be okay. But if I'm just me in my street clothes, I feel awkward and uncomfortable and just like... If you're just K in your K face? Yeah, if I'm just K in my K face, it's like, uh uh-uh, no, no, I'm good. I'm gonna go stand in this corner. I'm gonna try and uh, move away from people so I can have a bubble. Mm Mm-hmm. God, that's the most wonderful thing that I hope stays in post-COVID world. I want people to stay six feet away from me <laughs> and no more breathing on me. <laughs> what was the thing that we saw before? And it was like, before COVID, I wanted you to stay six feet away from me. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I can't believe we've been letting people breathe on me all this time. So we're back in the PTA meeting and all the, the townspeople are being assholes about the principal wanting to have an inclusive prom. Mm-hmm. And Emma's yet-to-be-revealed girlfriend tries to explain that, because she's on the uh, uh, student council, yeah. something like that. Yeah. She tries to explain that prom is a celebration for all students, and her bitch von school board mother shoots it down, trying to shoehorn in something about it being about big government taking away their freedom of choice uh. to discriminate against gay people. See, that's the issue with government, man. Government's always stepping in and telling you who and who, who you can and can't have hate crimes against. It's just, you know, why can't government just mind its own business and let me have my hate crimes? God. Uh, I, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to go on too much of a rant about my anger at that, but you and I could it's turn there. this. You and I could turn this into a six-hour episode if we just talked yeah, about shit yeah, like that. Yeah, it's there. No one wants to hear me scream. That's the thing is, I, you know, like like I joke, I'm I'm mostly straight cis white man. Mm-hmm. Uh, never, didn't really know a lot of gay people growing up kind of thing, except in high school I had a, a really good friend who was a lesbian in high school and mm-hmm. just... <sighs> I'm not going to turn this into a six-hour episode by bitching about people. <laughs> Yeah, it especially sucks when you're in a red state. Anyways. Especially a theocratic red state, Jesus Christ. Well, red state tends to kind of imply... Yeah. There's a... a, a, That's what makes it a red state is more more people uh, like to beat you. Ours is bluntly theocratic. Yeah, ours is is very bluntly. They don't even try to hide it. Somebody send out a couple... Send out a box that can fit Warren and I... And have it mailed to you outside of the state so that we can escape. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen some of the packages that have arrived. I don't think you and I would survive the journey. No, never mind. We need a lot of bubble wrap and we suffocate. Mm -hmm. That box would be our coffin. (laughs) It would be like the ending of Aida. (laughs) Are you just talking about... Wait, I haven't seen Aida. No, you haven't. Okay. God damn it. By the way, it ends bad. You don't even want to know what my brain was trying to think. Were you thinking of Vita? I was thinking of Vita. (laughs) And I'm... I was like, well, she's dead at the end. And she's in a glass coffin so people can look at her. That's funny because the Forbidden Broadway uh, spoof about Aida has a little switch with those... Oh, man. I am unintentionally hilarious. (laughs) Anyways, back at the PTA meeting from hell, Principal Key asks the bigots what it is about gay people that frightens them. 
And and right at that moment is when the before a conversation can happen. Before a conversation can happen, in walks the militant gay agenda from New York to save Emma. And the, and the, the worst <laughs> thing that could happen. It was as someone who lives in a red seriously. State. It was pretty great how he's just, he's like trying to create a conversation. What is it about gay people that scares you all so much? And then in walks this loud boisterous aggressive <laughs> in your face group of gay talking people. down to them immediately and yep. stuff and it's like unless you're living in it and have been frustrated with it for years liberal coastal elites fuck <laughs> and the narcissist crew launches into a song about how they're going to melt these bigots hearts and open their minds and convince them that they're wrong and all the while, every time they're talking down to them, they're just like, we're going to convince you, Hicks, that you're... Mm-hmm. you're everything is just... A, it, it's almost like... It's almost like someone... I don't know. I guess it's the same way as someone who's, like, smacking you with their book of choice going, you know, I, God loves you! I Stop had being this way! so much, like... I had so much sympathetic embarrassment for Emma in that moment. Yep. Emma and Alyssa just yep. sort of, like... Oh, no, 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 don't do this. It's like Uh someone will step in for me without knowing all of the intricacies if something either anti-trans or anti-bi or anti-black happens. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, let me say this. And it's like, no, stop. (laughs) You're going to make it worse. It's going to get worse. Stop. It happens in slow motion. You're just, oh, That sound wave looks like a dick. <laughs> it kind of does. <laughs> That's delightful. With a really fucked up head. Anyway. <laughs> the new cyberware. <laughs> Metal dick. Oh, okay. Now with spikes. Oh, God. Now with more prongs. <laughs> the song ends with the parents escorting their children away from the scary gay singers and uh, from the scary gay singers and performers. Complete with the Godspell kids backing them up. That's right, because like as soon as the gay agenda walks, I'm gonna refer to them as that—the gay agenda. <laughs> as soon as they walk in and they're like very boisterous, and they're holding signs and stuff, they're like, "We're here to save Emma," and blah 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 blah. And like the the Godspell kids are immediately spring into action. They're like going behind the crowd. They're like setting up lights and stuff yes. to prepare for the musical number. Which I will say that musical number was great. Like, that was like Meryl Meryl Streep kills it she does a good job pretending to be patty Patty lapone yeah which she really does and it's (laughs) like even the haircut there there are a lot of theater um references i'm trying to think of like theater life and theater uh yeah but like because i you know because i don't know much of patty lapone other than the few things that you know Mm. i've seen her sing or seen her reference i don't know her you know, to the extent that you do, of course, mm. really anything. And I don't know her to the extent of, like, Patti LuPone fangirls Got know you. her. Got you. But you you at least knew enough to know that her character was based yes. on Patti LuPone. At least that's what I took from it. Because they're just like, that That looks like she's trying to be Patti LuPone. Which, I mean, I would have preferred Patti LuPone, but I'll take Meryl Streep. <laughs> just 
don't try to get an Oscar for this one. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> and uh, yes, so but that that song and dance number at the at the during the PTA meeting was pretty great. Uh, the song ends with the parents escorting their children away from the scary gay singers and performers. Bitch Von School Board yells at Principal Hawkins, who's Key, who's a uh, Keegan Michael Key, for not doing anything to stop the gays, and he and she marches off with her. Pretty sure she's okay. I, some of these notes. Yeah, I wrote these notes before we knew for sure that her mm-hmm. daughter was gay. So, yes, she marches off with her closeted gay daughter. Mm-hmm. Meryl Streep gets popped, gets uh, stopped by Principal Key Hawkins, who is like, I am a huge fan. I love you. And the two sh- uh, shoot the shit about Meryl's theater career before Principal Key asks her and the other gays to please not start a riot in their town. Because <laughs> this is a delicate situation. And Meryl is like, we will burn this town to the ground if we have to in order to show these hicks that gays are not scary. <laughs> and that was the... God, and I just, again, the whole time it's like, no, no, exactly, you're going to make it worse. Exactly. It, they, are, they are being like the scariest version of what these people are afraid of when it comes to gay people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the only thing that would make it scarier is if they were, you know, if it was the village people with... Uh, an army of dildos and they're just smacking people yeah, in the faces with that would be the only thing that would have sent them completely <laughs> over the edge like, how dare you tell emma she can't bring her I, girlfriend you bitch i i just i sit here and go this is this is 100 percent the worst way to handle things oh and the thing i forgot to mention uh carrie washington yes plays the uh, mom plays the mom i i refer to her as bitch von school board mm-hmm. because she's Bitch von school board. Because she's bitch von school board. Uh, and this is the first time I have not liked Carrie Washington. Mm-hmm. And it was a weird experience. It was a weird experience because I like her. I like her a lot. I think mm-hmm. she's great. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, and it's not that we didn't like her no, 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 acting. No, no, Her character. It was, it's yeah, her, character. her character was the, a monster. Which... That's always, a, you know, I. That's always a good sign for an actor is when I like them and they can make me hate them. Because mm-hmm. that's just like, man, you're good. Also, <laughs> didn't know that she could sing until just now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, onward and under the bleachers. Emma meets her <laughs> girlfriend, and it's bitch von school board's daughter. Called it. <laughs> but it was definitely hinted at. Anyways, Alyssa and Emma sing about how they just want to be able to be in public and not be afraid. The song is short and sweet and kinda ends sad because Alyssa runs off to her mom as she pulls up in a car and Emma is le- left alone to finish the song with a sad, sad tone to it. And that that was one of the first points that kind of made me go, huh? Because mm-hmm. her mom, I mean, the distance wasn't so... Harley, her mom could probably tell that was Emma. Yeah. So you know that it'd be like, what are you doing, you know, talking mm-hmm. to her kind of thing or associating with her? And I'm sure Alyssa was able to be like, well, you know, I'm student counsel and I'm, mm-hmm. you know, just talking I'm to her. I'm a good person, I'm mother. I'm a good person, mother. You know, I'm sure it was something along those lines, but I'm, yeah. But at the same time, it's like, don't hang out with gays. They'll turn you gay because Ugh. that's how gay works. It's like COVID that you have to stay six feet away from a gay and wear a mask because if a gay <laughs> breathes on you, you're going to catch the gay. That would require them to believe in masks. <laughs> oh! Uh, this comes from Utah, which is one of the smallest fucking states per populace and has one of the hardest fucking I am so frustrated. What is the outside world like? Uh... I don't know. I go to Walmart 
to get groceries because it's close and they have a mandatory mask thing. And even then, I still see people take off their masks because they're fucking assholes. Anyways. I do feel for Alyssa, though. <sighs> hardcore. I'm just I'm, like this poor yeah. kid. Especially later on when you get to learn more about Alyssa's backstory. That's probably the thing that hit you the hardest. Yes. Because you you have you have some big, heavy... Uh, identify feels with Alyssa mm -hmm. just very similar so it was it very was, similar stuff it so. was very much a punch in the heart every scene with her but especially later on it was like oh no yeah so when <laughs> fuck you movie yeah when Kay talks about that uh the show wrecked her for wrecked them for a couple of days it, it wrecked them for a couple of days yeah it was bad it was it was Rachel it was Rachel all over again yeah yeah, when you read that for Black History Month last year. No, this year. This duh. year. 2020's been so long. It's been 10 years. Every, yes. No, it's been, it's been 11 and a half years, because every year is a month. Mm. Just got to cram a whole month into there. That's a nice fisting motion you got going on. Yeah, yeah. Take it, 2020. Good audio medium. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just oh, use your imagination, yeah. listeners. <laughs> Just imagine Kay fisting an imaginary asshole. I wasn't fisting it right, so I was gonna. Then I was gonna say, "Well, you're punching Donald Trump in the face," because but he's a very real asshole. Mm -hmm. Oh man, political. Uh, yeah, anyways, meanwhile, last time I saw an animal with a anus for a face, it was a sea cucumber at the aquarium. <laughs> so he's a very exclusive, uh, exclusive <laughs> offshoot of humanity. Double anus human, <laughs> Homo double anus, <laughs> Homo sapiens double anus. Homo sapiens duo Ani. There you go. See, K took Latin. <laughs> Meanwhile, the narcissist squad, which I, I need to... Okay, I'm going to try and remember to change that. Meanwhile, the gay agenda shows up <laughs> to their hotel and are not thrilled with the small town's offerings of hospitality. Meryl tries to star charm her way into getting a suite that doesn't exist, and James wants a cabin because he's worried about being murdered. Seems like <laughs> a, a little counterproductive to me. I would think that a cabin would be scarier. Yeah. You're removed, you know. A where... cabin is where you get murdered. Yeah, exactly. That was my thought, too. Um, unless he's thinking of something more like when rich people glamp. And do like, oh, I'm going to rent out a cabin that's in this nice area that's a resort. See, and... I was, you remember, did your, did any of your schools ever have portables? No. Okay. Because they were always too small, because so, Lutheran. So, uh, the district that I went to elementary school, uh, Jordan School District, one of the mm -hmm. poorest school districts in, in the Salt Lake Valley, uh, the elementary school was really, really old, and so they did that thing where... They have too 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 uh, many students, and so they have to like erect Jesus. tiny little houses outside of the big school, and that's where some teachers have classrooms. I always saw them, but never went into one. Uh, you can feel the floor like. Ooh. It, it, it reminds me a bit of like when you see like a wrestling ring and how it like wobbles. Ooh. You can feel that. But yeah, so that was a portable. And I think that that's kind of what he's saying when you have a cabin. Like, do you have a room that's out removed from the rest of the building? Which, like I said, I feel like that would be... That's how you get killed. That, that, yeah, you're removed. Nobody can hear you scream. There's no neighbors to be like, keep it down. Yeah. Don't know. Also, I love that they're ha putting out, like, their Tonys and Drama Desk Awards. Yeah. Which I'm like, that implies that they're carrying that shit yep. around with them all which, the time. Which I love that diva aspect about Meryl. Because yes. that was the thing when she's like, oh, do we have a suite? Uh, we don't have any suites here. 
Boom! Puts her Tony down. How about now? He's like, we still don't have a suite. Boom! Second Tony. Now? I am slightly annoyed, though, because a character in the series that I'm trying to write does something similar with his Medal of Honor. (laughs) I'm a little annoyed. Yeah. Hundred monkeys thing, like... I got a Medal of Honor! Yeah, I can see that with a purple heart, you know, too. It's like, now do you have a table? His are all fake, but he doesn't know that. That's fantastic. (laughs) Oh, okay, and now I know who you're talking about. You know who I'm talking about. It took me a moment, and then I was like... Okay. I got a medal of honor. I, I got s- a medal of honor. I saved the president. Um. <laughs> yes. So a cabin would be a bad idea. That would be easier to get murdered at. Uh. Anyways, the concierge shoots down their hopes of more of uh, more prestigious accommodations one by one, making a willpower check against the narcissist's charm effects, and eventually <laughs> they must fall back and regroup. Elder Price is forced to deliver the bad news that Sondheim will not be helping them out because it turns out he hates his uh, Sweeney Todd. And instead, Elder Price wrote his very own song that they will be singing to try and sway the hearts and minds of these small town folk. The group's uh, manager rushes in excited to inform them that he has a venue for them to perform at with a guaranteed attendance of 2500 people and uh it's not a it's not a theater or or a concert hall it's in uh an arena like a sports arena and the narcissist gang is like what kind of arena goes the monster truck in the next scene as we find out exactly what kind of arena it is As the vroom vroom stops, the announcer says that the scheduled halftime event entertainment of... Oh, God, I love the way he does this. Our scheduled halftime event of Truckosaurus, the truck-eating dinosaur, (laughs) will not be brought to you for halftime. Instead, some liberal arts degree holding pro-queer performers will be singing a song about tolerance instead. (laughs) To a booing crowd... We don't get to see the entire scene, which is good, because uh, they were dying on stage on that dirt yes. hill. It, which I love. Again, the gospel, yep. Godspell kids it's, are just yep. all in on it. Elder Price is the one who's singing the song, and he's got the, the gospel kids as his backup for it. And it is the most talked down song. It really is. It is... He might as he may as well have been up there going. Now I know you idiots don't understand words, but I'm gonna tell you. Do you understand? <laughs> Gay people are people like you. Yes, you are people. Gay people are people, too. But put it to uh, some music. Yeah. <laughs> so, and um, I feel like this, I feel like if they, you know, when they release this on DVD, that's probably going to be a scene that uh, is extended or they probably have it as a deleted scene because they probably performed the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, they just cut it short for the theatrical version because it is, I would say, I, I would hope it's a whole song in the stage version. I hope it is too. And I do hope that if we see this on DVD with like a full version of that scene, I hope that it just amps up because <laughs> they're being booed while, while he's singing this song. And Patty LaStreep is taking the stage <laughs> to mm-hmm. do her big solo. 
to do her big solo and then it basically cuts back to the apartment and they're all just like fuck you that was the worst thing ever i hate you we're gonna kill you which oh my god that actually i forgot to mention that so when when elder price delivers the news that sondheim will not be making a song for them to perform uh, immediately meryl streep's character is like you screwed us you screwed us <laughs> tom or whatever his name is price yeah Cut to the lounge of the hotel, where the gay agenda are talking about sending Elder Price to his maker before fleeing town with their tails between their legs. They don't care at all about helping Emma. Oh, Emma! Hey, Emma! And uh, Principal Key are here to say that because of the activists and the Indiana State Legal Team, the prom is back on. Yay! Mostly the Indiana State Legal Team. Yes. <laughs> and once James finds out that Emma was planning on wearing a wearing a vintage suit and high tops to her prom, he guzzles a bottle of wine and instead begs her to let him dress her for the prom. She agrees reluctantly, and they start planning about shopping at the fanciest store in town. Kmart. Woo! I love how he's inquiring, like, "Oh, do you have a? Do you have a? You know, a this Saks this Avenue? boutiques, this boutique?" And she's like, "We have a Kmart." And they just go, "Okay, well, we'll go shop the blah 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 line at Kmart." And like, he just, you know, stereotypically, he's a gay man. He knows all the lines, all the, Which, the fashion. When he tries to camp up, it's not. You can tell it's a straight guy playing a gay guy. It's like, yeah, it, it's you can really tell. I understand. I've so so, the stereotype of the overly flamboyant gay mm -hmm. man uh, exists mm -hmm. because there are yeah. overly flamboyant gay men. Absolutely. Um, I feel like if you're gonna be an overly flamboyant gay man, it really should be played by a gay guy mm -hmm. who uh, is overly flamboyant. Who is overly flamboyant? It it, it will not read authentically and will instead read almost a mockery and i and i know yeah i still hold a wee bit of a grudge against him for cats that too uh that too but his his buster for jones man james corden's acting of the gay character in this i feel like was it kind of fluctuated yeah, uh, he only, I only liked his character during the serious moments. Oh, his serious, his serious moments, serious were, moments so were so good. Were, yeah, they're Holy amazing. Shit. And it's like, where was this? See, like, seriously, when I talk about one of, well, we'll talk about it later when we get to that scene, but he has a really serious moment that that's one of the ones that almost, you know, that got me a little choked up. Yeah. Because his acting, he brings so much emotion to it, mm -hmm. and it's so convincing, and I'm just like, damn, James. Yeah. But then when he's doing the, ah, yeah. Ah, the only reason I know his character's name, which was Barry, yeah. is because of A, Barry goes to the prom, and B, Barry Blue Jeans. Because my brain, <laughs> every time I hear that name, it instantly goes there. Uh, well, I mean, okay, let's see if I can actually recall what their act, what their character names were. Uh, Meryl Streep was Dee Dee Allen. Yes, Dee Dee Allen. Uh, James Corden was Barry Glickman. Glickman. Uh, Elder Price, I want to say he was Tom. Yes, Tom maybe. something. That's it. I don't got any more. I don't remember Nicole Kidman character Nicole Kidman's name. Yeah, me either. Yeah, it's just Barry Glickman and Dee Dee Allen are the only two, and that's also because I have people who, I or characters whose names I can e easily snag onto with theirs. Oh, and Nicole Kidman's character is a 
chorus girl. Yes, and uh, she is fantastic. She and that's the thing she talks about. She's been a chorus girl forever. Like mm-hmm. that's what she does. She is a dancer. She's her dream is to go on stage as Roxy Hart in Chicago, which is a show that we have also not need covered. To cover. yet. Uh, but yeah, so that will probably make more sense to me when we do cover it. That will. Show. It will, especially her movements are. She is a Fosse girl. She is an absolute Fosse <laughs> girl, and I love her. Okay, Kmart. Woo! Woo, Kmart, my Mart. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's right. You got you 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 own that whole brand. I own yeah. that whole brand. Why why are we living? Here? I own Kmart. Why? why? Well, because I own Kmart. Oh yeah, and they're 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 going under. Oh. Yeah, there's I'm, one here. If that, the, what, oh no, it's been converted to something else. I was gonna say the one, the only one that I know of shut down a while ago. The one, it was yeah. up by your mom's house. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> James and Emma go off, and the other and the other uh, members of the gay agenda leave to get day drunk. <laughs> Meryl flirts with Principal Key, who thanks her for trying to help Emma. He gives her some ex- exposition that Emma was thrown out of her house for being gay at the age of sixteen, and Meryl kind of gets a, oh, this really isn't all about me. There's someone else who's experiencing pain. Anyways. Yeah. (laughs) That moment dies quickly as she begs Principal Key to take her to Applebee's since it's the fanciest place in town. Apples and bees. Apples and bees. And, uh, yeah. Because she's basically like inquiring, do you have, was it, is there any restaurant here that has cutlery and, and, uh, plates you know stuff yeah. like that he's like uh there's an applebee's by the mall take me there <laughs> yes love is in the air we're all out of apples i'll have your bees <laughs> one of my favorite twitter posts <laughs> see and my brain just thinks about biting into an apple that's full of live bees oh jesus <laughs> right <laughs> oh Oh, God. That's some mind hell for That's anybody horrible. who has an active imagination. I can see it. <laughs> oh. Love is in the air, Kay. It's promposal <laughs> day, and we see all the different students asking each other to prom. Typical stuff, things like the popular jocks asking the popular girls to the prom, and then we get a nice quiet moment of Emma and Alyssa in the gym being excited about prom. Emma more so than Alyssa, who seems to have way more fear about what her mom will think when she sees her with another woman. The two start to sing and dance about how this is for them, and that they don't need to be afraid as long as they have each other. But two bitchy popular girls see them, and scowl, and then march off, surely to do bad things in future scenes. Oh, I realize that they're the cheerleaders from the earlier scene, and that they realize that one of their own is gay. And all I can sit here and think of is that we watched Carrie the night before. Oh my god. And so the whole movie, I'm just like, <laughs> prom is just cursed. It's so, oh my god, it was so funny. So, so, so another side tangent. Uh, we celebrated uh, my sister's birthday and she wanted to watch spooky movies that she hasn't mm-hmm. seen. And so we watched... Uh, Shit, what was the first The Lighthouse. One? Yeah, we watched The Lighthouse, which is an interesting art house flick. Mm-hmm. Uh, definite mind fuck. And then we... <laughs> yeah, and, and fish then, fuck. Yeah, and fish fuck. And then we watched... You know, they saw how popular uh, The Shape of Water was, so... <laughs> but... Uh, 
Uh, and then we watched Carrie, uh, the original Carrie movie, because my sister hadn't seen that. And all all my sister had seen was she just knew references to the final scene mm-hmm. of the movie. And so uh, we watched that. And that was just hilarious that that has the murder fest at prom. Mm-hmm. And then we, the very <laughs> the completely next, justified, justified murder fest. murder fest from prom. And then we watched this and I just kept thinking to myself, if anybody deserves psychic powers, it's this gay girl. <laughs> yes, she deserves them. <laughs> Oh, but anyways, back at the Bee of Apples, Principal Key is talking about how much he loves theater and swooning over Merrill. Uh, I love this song. It's good. It is good. When who should walk in but Bitch Von Schoolboard and one of her lackeys, who tell Merrill that she should stick to acting instead of activism, because she's ruining their small community by being all gay-friendly. Anyways, they march off, leaving Principal and Merrill to their meal, and the two are flirting, and Merrill asks Key something she's never asked anyone before. Tell me something about yourself. <laughs> no, tell me about yourself. I just, she's, she's, she did such a good job of playing she a very did. conceited person, you yeah. know? Key reveals that he's just a theater-loving educator, and he's single. Just throwing that out there. Merrill says she's also single. Well, divorced. And she talks about her parts and how... Wait. And she talks about her... Pa- <laughs> she talks about her parts. <laughs> These are my knees. These are my eyes. This is my were, chin. I thought you were saying parts as in, like, acting roles. So I'm just going, okay, yeah. Yeah, you, you, you took it in a logical way and I just left. Anyway, she's talking about her past and how she's a small town girl who grew up poor and had a but had a big dream, and so she moved to the big city and made it in Broadway. She confides in Key that she's thought about quitting theater recently, and Key is all, No! I need you to do what you do! I love theater, and I love you, and I... I love theater, and I love you, and you help us to heal from our... uh, to escape and heal from our daily tedium, but in song form. We look to you. That's one of my favorite songs in the whole show. It's, uh, so Principal Key in this part, he's talking about how he tries to get away. I guess, I guess logically it would be the summer because yeah. school's out for the summer. And he tries to go to New York every year and see as many Broadway shows as he can. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, for, I forgot about the, the, when he and Meryl first run into each other at the school and he's talking about how he's a fan. She's like, oh, you're not my usual demographic and he's like what black and she's like yeah. no straight yeah you are straight and he's like yeah well you know straight people, straight like, people like theater, theater too. too and she's like huh oh, news to me yeah kind of thing. lord uh but yeah and so it's a really cute scene and his song is is pretty good mm-hmm. uh i i do think keegan michael key can sing mm-hmm. i think his songs are best uh when they're because it's the same thing as in jingle jangle mm-hmm. his stuff is best when it's not He's not a belter. You know? No, he, he is not a when belter. He, when he has more quiet songs, mm-hmm. uh, he does a really good job. Yeah. And his this one's actually a really cute song because it shows, you know, him going to Broadway and seeing all these different shows mm-hmm. and specifically seeing her Over shows. The moon. Seeing her shows. Mm-hmm. Like he talks about he's seen tons of performances that she's yeah. been in because he just loves her. And I, I love that song too because it does encapsulate why theater's important. Like it's it's a release for the audience too. Not just for the actor. It's it's this mutual exchange between the two. It's 
I mean, it's it, the argument could be made that it's the same, you know, for, for people who do any activity that they like, you mm-hmm. know, same for going to a movie. Some people yeah. like to go to a movie because, you know, the, it's escapism, it's mm-hmm. entertainment, you know, stuff like that. Theater, there is, it's a little bit more personal because yeah. you're in the room with, you know, the people who are performing it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. And the energy's different that way. It's a Fair. very different energy. It's... It can be electric. It can also not be because you can have a show land flat. <laughs> and the one thing that was uh, interesting about that was it ties into the first song of the show where mm-hmm. they're talking about how important actors are and how they yes they inspire people and they do all this. And, and you're kind of like, man, these blowhard narcissists are so full of themselves. And mm-hmm. then Meryl meets key and he's like oh my god i love you my world revolves around you i need you and it just kind of adds more justification to their feelings of self-importance from the earlier scene it also though gives her an actual the odd she needs the audience too and it's sort of that reminder that oh there's someone who cares about what i do and that's sort of that's enough to start her character growth Yes, start. I was gonna say start. She does. It does not end. (laughs) Her character growth takes a while, but and it's it continues. It continues Uh, and probably continues after the show. Yes. (laughs) Speaking of which, I think it's time we take a small commercial break to thank the amazing people who help support our show. Yes. Let us take a brief intermission, and we'll be right back with. Not really Act 2, but sort of Act 2 of The Prom. Let's go. Woo! And I'll pause it. Hey, Warren. Hey, Kay. Do you know what time it is? Is it time to thank our favorite people in the whole world? Heck yeah! Today, we would like to thank our stage crew sponsor, Jasmine Wu, and our Producer Circle sponsors, Bianucci, Reagan, and Taylor Brandt. Thank you all so much for your support of our show. We truly appreciate it. Many hundreds of years ago, in the faraway land of the North, there dwelt a special kind of magic. The magic of imagination. And nowhere did this light shine brighter than in the heart of a kindly toy maker named Nicholas Kringle. The toy-maker loved children, most of all his own son, whom he named Chris. But the land was ruled by a wicked Snow Queen. You cannot escape from me, toy-maker's son. I assure you, young Master Kringle, we elves are very real, and we shall teach you to make toys which will bring happiness to children all over the world. Young Santa Claus and the Winter Solstice. Written and directed by Patrick and Paul Gibbs. Are you tired of Harry Potter? Want to get in on the next popular trend in young adult lit from 10 years before Harry Potter? Too bad. I'm Tyler. I'm Nate. And we're going to do a week-by-week analysis of the Animorphs. Book reports. 90s nostalgia. Two dumb idiots. Wherever you get your podcasts.
And now, the lights are going down and the music's starting back up, so let's head back to the second act of our show. Thank you again to our wonderful patrons. Back to the show, Kay. Meanwhile, let me set the stage for you, Kay. Look at me. See? Look. Look. See these hands? See these hands? What are you doing? I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, James is at Emma's house, where she lives with her grandmother, who gives James an alcoholic Indiana lemonade, and James announces that Emma's grandmother is the coolest grandmother in the world. James inquires what happened with Emma, and the grandmother tells us what we already know. Emma's uh, family kicked her out. I'm just glad that Emma had a grandmother mm -hmm. who was not a yeah, bigoted bitch. Yeah, that's, that's lucky. That's very lucky. Emma, Emma shows James her only dress, and it's something that looks like it would be right out of a Shakespeare festival. Or a little house on the prairie, as James puts it. Uh, James begs Emma to let him take her shopping for the prom. And the two go to the mall. I love the comment, though, that the grandmother makes of, like, you don't know how it feels being a mother watching your child reject their own child. Yep, you have being a mother watching your child reject their own child. Yeah. Just, like, and that, the grandmother is so good in this. Like, she she's, is amazing. She's not in it a whole lot, mm -mm. but her scenes are good. And yeah. just that, that heavy moment where just, she's just, in denial not in denial but just still she's still processing it because yeah. she's somebody she she because you know with her she obviously loves her grandchild no matter what yeah she took her in you know and she's just sitting here going you know from her perspective she's probably thinking i would never mm -hmm. have kicked out your mother yeah. i never Where... would have kicked out your mother yeah how can your mother kick you she's out she's probably going how did i go wrong because I Maybe. obviously didn't teach my kid. Maybe. I didn't even consider that. She yeah. might be feeling like her that, getting kicked out is her fault because mm -hmm. she failed in raising her daughter yeah. to be even the kind of person not... who wouldn't kick out their fucking child for yeah. being gay. Yeah. I oh, God. That rem oh, God damn it. That reminds me of... So way back when, when I was a teenager, um, a dad's ex-girlfriend that we were living with, her daughter had a friend who was gay. Mm -hmm. And I remember one time him coming over being really upset because he his mom kicked him out fuck and he was just destroyed kind of yeah. thing and it was a thing is like the thing that, i think if i'm if i'm recalling correctly what it was is that he had he's he had been out for a while mm. but his mom had been completely uh negative and and mm -hmm. passive aggressive and i and if i'm remembering correctly she was treating it like oh you'll grow out of this yeah this is just a phase you'll grow out of this and then they had a fight because he was like i'm this i'm not gonna just grow out of this yeah kind of thing. and then she had kicked oh, him out fuck yeah um but luckily i knew he he wasn't homeless or anything mm -hmm. he would he ended up going to live with uh his mother's sister Mm -hmm. so was aunt but i can't it was it was a relative he was living with them but just and then i had heard later on he ended up moving back in with his mom like i think it was just like an outburst yeah and they were gone for a little bit and then the mom came to her senses and was probably like hopefully this is my child you know yeah uh granted this was a long time ago and i don't know how he's doing now unfortunately but i just remember being a teenager when that happened and just 
thinking to myself, mm-hmm. how does somebody, like, how do you do that? How do you kick out your child? I don't know. How do you kick out your, you know. It's so sh- fucked up. Short of being a serial rapist and murderer, mm-hmm. I can't think of anything that could make me not love you know, I don't. I don't have children, but yeah. you know, the closest thing I have, I'm ten years older than my sister, mm-hmm. and I help you know take care of her and raise her. I couldn't think of anything that would make me not care yeah. about her. It's just baffling to me. Okay, that depressing yeah. note aside. Yeah, that also is where we get James Corden's first strings of character development with how he brings up the. That's right. Yeah, that That's he right. he feels. He understands how she, how uh, Emma feels. He understands how Emma feels, and the grandmother asks, like, you got kicked out too? And he says, I left before they could kick me out. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Whew. Yeah. Which, that that is also really hard, just leaving home because... You know. Because you you just know. know. Or or at least you're afraid, you know, of of the the potential for it. Just... (sighs) Yep. Unless Kay and I have not made it explicitly clear, and I doubt anybody listening to our show is a homophobe, but being gay is okay. Yeah. You're, you're fine to be gay. You are who you are. Be true to yourself. As mm-hmm. long as you're not, you know, a rapist and a murderer, you're a good person. Yeah. Just doing your yeah. thing. Don't eat people. That's that's <laughs> all that... <laughs> you know, Jeffrey Dahmer, man... Uh, that that that's that's what that's, that's what the gay that's what they're afraid of the gay agenda that's is. That's a dude that is like how anyway we're you not know, a true crime podcast. He would have been so. eating people even if he wasn't gay. Yeah, being he, gay didn't make him eat people. No, he that was Jeff being Jeffrey Dahmer made Jeffrey Dahmer Jeffrey Dahmer. Hi, <laughs> hey Stephen. Wow, he's like hey baby, I You're see recording. your lap is empty. You're recording, and so yeah. they need to know that I'm on your lap. Your audience loves cats, and they need to know that their favorite orange boy is here. Yeah, it's Community Cat. <laughs> Community Cat is here to drool on you. He just loves you. It's so cute. I'm oh my not God. even your cat. The way he looks at you, though. He's like, I may not be your cat, but you're my babe. Yeah. And Lottie's excited that Steven's here. he doesn't like when you open your mouth in his face (laughs) reminds me of when she's put his head in her mouth almost Mm -hmm. like i wonder if i can fit his head in my mouth yeah okay anyways emma and james are gonna go maul it woo oh and the two bitchy uh, cheerleader girls are dolling up and bitching about emma almost ruining prom for them and they tell each other that they're so hot oh you're so hot i would do you I would do yourselves. We would do each other because we're just so hot, but not but gay. But it's not gay. But it's not gay. It's not gay. And then, of course, uh, made me think of Silence of the Lambs. Would you do me? <laughs> I would do me. God. That... I would do me so hard. Yet another movie that makes people, that, that kind of turns up. Uh, yeah. Oh, that <laughs> movie trans people was into... the worst. Th- <sighs> well, and also Ed Kemper was... That's who he's based on, basically, and it's... Wait, was it Ed Kemper? Who's the guy that wore... Made a suit out of people? Yeah, yeah, there was a dude that actually did do that. I think it was was Ed Kemper. That's so fucked up. (laughs) I'd have to look at Time Suck again to see, but yeah. Well, not wearing people. You know who's not wearing people in, uh, in this show? 
Uh, Alyssa. Anybody. Uh, (laughs) Fair. Nobody wears other people in this. But specifically, right now, for the point of my note, is Alyssa, who at home is trying to tell her mom what is going to happen at prom. And because she tells her, she's like, Mom, you need to know what's going to happen tonight. And Bitch Von School Board is like, no, I've worked too hard to make sure this prom is good for me, too. And Alyssa senses that her mom is trying to sabotage Emma in some way. And Bitch Von School Board sings that she's a problem solver and she doesn't like it when little problems get in her way. And was, I'm trying to remember the comment she made specifically. She's like, you know, things are going to go great tonight. I've seen, I've made sure of that kind of yeah. thing. And she's like, what are you doing? What when are you she- at first, I thought that it was that she set her up with a guy. That was where I thought it was going. Ah. Was that she was going to, that she was just being oblivious, like, oh, she doesn't have a boyfriend yet, but I'll make sure she does. And instead, it was worse. Yeah. <laughs> instead, it's much worse. And honestly, the whole prom prep scene just kept reminding me of Carrie. Like, the just, I kept thinking back on Carrie the whole time. I'm just like, oh, God. It's the, it's the most bizarre movie to watch before you watch a prom musical mm-hmm. to watch Carrie. I mean, uh, we could have watched Carrie the musical, but... Oh, God, that would be great to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Everyone's excited and horny. Plotting prom song ends with Emma pulling up in her truck, in her pickup truck, and James showing off her prom outfit to the other... Uh, members of the gay agenda, who insist that it's just the right amount of girly. Emma asks James to walk with her, to walk her in, because she's still nervous, and she goes to meet up with Alyssa in the gym. As they enter, no one is there, and Principal Key finds out that Bitch Von's school board and the other bigots organized two proms, one for all the other kids at the Elks Lodge, and this one just for Emma. So fucked uh, we see Alyssa's mom divulging the plan to her at the Elks Lodge when they arrive, and the bitchy cheerleaders are like, We did you a favor by lying to you, because you're a gay. And uh, yeah, they did the whole thing of like, you're going to thank us later. Yeah. Like, we did this for your own good. Yeah. Kind of thing. Fucking. <sighs> and James tries to rally the troops to march in on the other prom, and Emma tells them to stop, that this is already the worst day of her life. <sighs> and it's extra sad. I left this out of the note, but I'm, I'm, because I, you know, scrambling for time. But it's extra sad in this part because Emma calls Alyssa, yeah, to be like, you know, what's going on? What's happening? And then Alyssa is like, I swear I didn't. Know. I swear I didn't know. It's the, you know, the other two girls. They found out about us and they lied to me about this. They kept it from me. And mm-hmm. then. And then Emma's like, well, well, come here. Mm-hmm. Come be with me here. Like, leave. And Alyssa's like, I can't. I just Well, and it's kind of implied Alyssa didn't drive there. Yeah. So she could be like me and not have driven until 23. Um, <laughs> I mean, maybe. So but... It could be that, that she just physically cannot get there. That True, she, well, that's true. She didn't. She didn't say that, mm-hmm. but that is a logical Especially because her mom says she's driving her to the prom, so that keeps her from then again, it going been, anywhere. It would have been interesting if uh, Emma had said, well, what if I can pick you up? And yeah. then to see what... That would have solved everything. Maybe. Because I think that Alyssa still would have said it, no. It probably would have given her an out. To get out of there, because then it would have been like, no, this is wrong. This isn't what she could have even. Okay, this is me being like, if I was 
in this situation because I read the Bible. And it would have been, <laughs> this isn't what Jesus would have wanted. I'm going to go be with my friend. Yeah, there you go. I'm going to go love thy neighbor. I'm going to go love my neighbor so hard. Mm. Oh, man. You know what? You know what, Kay? You're my neighbor. We're right next to each other. We are right next to each mm. other. I love my neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> you know who else loves you? This little orange drooling asshole. Yeah. I don't think oh, he's drooling too hard. I'm sorry I called you an asshole, Stephen. You're not an asshole. You're a cute boy. But you you are moving in on my, my non-binary pal. Yeah. Fluff boy. <laughs> we then see Bitch Von School Board giving a press statement the next day, saying that they did that shitty, shitty thing because Emma wouldn't be safe at the normal person prom because her lifestyle offends some people. That was one of the weakest, weakest bits of... And that's an argument folks make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Can it's you... so infuriating. It, that's And that's the re... It's, it's such a piss poor argument mm -hmm. to make that, oh, you won't be safe there because we can't control people from mm -hmm. hurting you mm -hmm. because you're gay. Yeah. It's the same argument you get where like with um victim blaming with rape like oh well mm -hmm. what was she wearing mm -hmm. oh, oh you're just asking for it it's like yeah huh no no it's up to the responsibility of the person with the dick to keep it in their pants and not force mm -hmm. it on somebody it's the same thing if you have a problem with somebody who's gay doesn't mean you get to yeah violently assault them i really don't like trump supporters i have yet to this day done any harm against any of them and i see someone in a red hat i don't hit them in the head with a fucking bat even though Inner, Inner Warren wants to. Inner really Warren hard. really wants to. <sighs> no more politics. Uh <laughs> Stephen's just his ears are like uh they're talking Trump again. That or I'm, harder. I'm also yelling over That's his head true. and he's like, dude, dude, like, not cool. He's purring harder. But yeah, during the Bitch Von School Board's press conference thing, Emma is watching the shit show on her laptop and she closes it in frustration. Nicole has apparently been hanging out with her for the last few days and keeping her company. Emma thanks her for being a good friend. James and Merrill and the other narcissists show up to be like, We're gonna raise hell. We need to get Emma in front of a camera to tell her story. This bigotry needs to end. And Emma, yeah, and Emma is like, No, I can't. Please just go away. And Nicole tells the others to, Come on, go, leave. Leave me alone with her. I know what I'm doing. And Nicole tells the others to leave them alone. Nicole and Emma hang out eating ice cream. And Emma is like, I know I need to do something, but I'm too scared. And Nicole tells Emma that she needs to find her zazz. And she sings to Emma and helps her find her inner spotlight so that she has the courage to do what's necessary. That song was so great. And she does it uh, with the Fosse dancing and mm -hmm. talk about how she's a Fosse girl. And I love how she starts telling the story of, you know, the third cover for Roxy Hart and Emma's like oh is that you honey I'm not that old that was 1975 <laughs> Just... and uh, one thing I do like like there's a great part in that scene too where Emma where she's talking about the thought of being in public and talking and yeah. telling her story and she's like i can't do that like look my my hands are shaking just thinking yeah. thinking about it and Nicole's turn them like, into jazz yeah, hands your hands are shaking turn them into jazz hands mm -hmm. someday i'll do a whole thing on fossey for you because it's it's a really good song because of that well i so i 
there definitely are things about that song that I didn't get because mm-hmm. me, but I did catch enough of it because you talked a lot about a, a lot about Fosse with uh, uh, Pippin. Uh, 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 Pippin. As well as, is, wasn't he West Side Story too? No, that was Jerome Robbins. Oh, why? What is it? Just Pippin that I've seen him in. I know he's a very he is a I very ins- I'm trying very, to think uh, of well known Fosse shows. Oh, bye, bye. Steven. Look at that. Did he not drool he on you? He didn't drool on me. Good oh, boy. Good boy, Steven. Good boy. This is he, a momentous occasion. Pop drooled, some champagne. He drooled on you this morning. Yes, he champagne. Did. I wish. Um, but uh, I'm trying to remember what else we had with Fosse choreography. Because I can't remember if Damn Yankees did or not. Anyway. But um, yeah, we'll we'll talk more about sort of why his movements are so characteristic when we cover him later because there actually is a reason he choreographed the way he did well isn't the thing too is like his his stuff is very sexual it is it is because if he did chicago i know chicago is about chorus yeah. girls but it's also, like that and chorus girls dance sexy. yeah yeah it's it's also though um some of the movements are because of physical limitations he had Oh, and we'll go deeper into that when we talk Fosse, but okay, yeah, interesting. Yes, interesting. So you have a very uh, iconic dance style because mm-hmm. of your own limitations. Yeah. So for me, that would that would involve a lot of white boy shuffling and not not a whole <laughs> lot of bending of the knees. Like his his is very much um, it's it's he definitely has a thumbprint on his choreography more so than a lot of other choreographers do gotcha so it's kind of thing that you 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 probably can just recognize fossey mm-hmm. by the the dance yeah like that looks like a fossey thing yeah okay cool yep sounds good Meanwhile, James and Meryl are wearing weird face masks and watching rom-coms. Meryl talks about the movie they're watching and how it was the first date that she had with her ex, and how she picked up the tab their entire marriage. He cheated and lied and crushed her tiny little blueberry heart, and James tells her to put on a cute little number and march down to Principal Key like the bad, bad girl that she is. Meryl is like, does he... Does he like me? Does he Does he really, really like me? And James is like, yes, queen! And then Meryl tries to poke James's gay heart by being like, you've yet to reconcile with your parents. You should call them. And James breaks down and cries and is like, no! And Meryl confronts him before heading down to flirt with Principal Key, who is like, I don't like you anymore. You're a selfish opportunist who didn't really come to help Emma just to get good PR for yourself. Now go away. And the two have a fight about how she's not the person he thought she was. And he thought she was like her character in sh- in uh, Swallow the Moon. Yes, Swallow the Moon, not Over the Moon. And Meryl is like, and you're just a teacher from a hick town who can't tell the difference between fantasy and reality. And she storms out of the principal's office, but stops. and decides to win Key over with the power of music. The very music from Key's favorite show of hers, Swallow the Moon. <laughs> and she sings to him to not give up on her yet. The song that the song works and convinces Key, who is like, okay, that got to me. <laughs> and he agrees to take her to Bees and Apples to try and teach her how to be a good person. 
it's a pretty good scene. So, the, you know, kind of a two-part. I kind of mushed the two together because, yeah. you know, Barry and, and Dee Dee are, are doing, was it rom-com Fridays, rom-com yeah. Thursdays, something like that. Something like that. Rom-com day. And Using so th- those infrared masks. Yeah, infrared masks and uh, uh, doing beauty treatments and stuff. And they're watching rom-coms. And that's when she's talking about her, her divorce you know, spouse and, and she, her ex-husband is one of those like late night comedians who has a popular show mm-hmm. and, uh, but he had nothing the entire time that they were together and it wasn't until after they got divorced that all of a sudden he blew up. Yeah. Um, and then she goes down to the school to talk to Key and stuff, but he had, he's, he had it revealed to, you know, uh, to him that, they they were there for PR, you know. They yeah. don't really care, and so he was like very disillusioned. He's like, "I thought you were somebody you're not," you know. And she's like, mm-hmm. "Well, who did you think I was?" Well, I thought you were like your character kind of thing. And, yeah. And uh, it is. I do love when she's singing to him to try and get back in his good graces, and he's like, "It's not going to work. I'm not a fan of yours anymore." Yeah. Kind of thing. And then it ends, and he's just like, "Okay, okay, that got." He's just. Yeah. I just love how he breaks down. He just. God damn it, that was good. Like, and I love the whole, you know, a, an apology like this would have cost... Oh, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. She, yeah. It's just like, you can't be charging for apology. That's what he goes into. He's talking about how, how she's so self-centered and, and full of herself kind of thing. He's like, you don't charge for an apology. Like, being, yeah. a, good, being a good person is doing somebody, doing something for somebody without expecting anything in return. And mm-hmm. she's just... And I love watching Meryl Streep's character just like wrestling with this concept of doing something pro bono you know and and uh that's when he agrees to take her you know somewhere take her to lunch you know in order to to teach her how to be a good person kind of thing and and i love when she's like he's like okay we can go to lunch and she's like bees and apples yes and she he holds out his arm and she takes his arm and and Mm -hmm. they walk out and it's it's really cute. cute it's really cute meanwhile while the other two are at Bees and Apples, this is where we get the scene that hit you the hardest. Yeah, it fucked me up. It and... fucked me up really bad. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to find out why. Sort of. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> uh, Emma meets up with Alyssa, who tries to apologize, but Emma isn't having any of it. Alyssa tries to explain that she can't be what Emma needs because her mom is a control freak. Alyssa sings about how she has to be perfect. Straight A's, beyond debate club, homecoming queen, perfect in every way. Because maybe, you know, because... Uh, and then she also throws in a thing with her, and it's... Because maybe her dad will come back if she's all these wonderful things. So we get a good helping of what is Alyssa's uh, hang-ups. Mm-hmm. Alyssa sings about how she wishes she could live free and be herself and not have shits you know shits to give about people's opinions Alyssa's song ends and emma tells her that she's going to go public with her story and that she wants Alyssa to be there with her Alyssa says that she can't and emma breaks up with her mm-hmm. so in this scene Alyssa really goes into like you it, it's it's very much Alyssa's uh backstory song yeah you know and she's talking about you know my mom's a control freak i always had to be perfect at everything you know Every hour of every day was always booked and scheduled for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to do debate club, had to had to have perfect days. I had to had to do uh, cheer, you know. Yeah. What was, it? what was it? It was either cheer squad or theater. Yeah, and something like yeah. that. Yeah. 
Like, if, if you don't want to do cheer, you better learn to act and stuff like that. And then maybe your dad will come back. And which... it, doesn't, it doesn't sound like the, the mom ever said yeah. that. It sounds like it was more of a thing with Alyssa that she's mm-hmm. like, it was one of those those classic, if I'm good enough, that then person will come back. dad will and... come back yeah. and love me. And, uh... Yeah. It's, so... it's the side of the LGBT community that needs to get supported more is the side that can't come out for whatever reasons like whether it be family whether it be conditional love whether it be i will get my ass kicked whether it will be like that's that's the side that definitely needs a lot of uh a lot of support because that's the side that's that's the side that's gonna be even more prone to suicide that and it's it's like you and i had talked previously and it's a very it's a very complicated heavy subject because there isn't a there isn't just a a one size fits all approach to it Mm -hmm. um because i absolutely get emma's perspective of this hurts too much like they've Uh been together a year and a half it hurts too much to be keeping everything a secret and Mm -hmm. having to only be together in the shadows and stuff like that especially when emma is the outcast and then she gets to see Alyssa have other friends and be Mm -hmm. socially accepted well accepted i mean yeah in quotes in quotes she's wearing a mask and hiding her true self to be accepted Mm -hmm. but she gets to see it's 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 a complete uh day and night type of difference with how their their lives are you know the the possibility of violence against emma is stronger because she's out yes Alyssa has that fear that if she comes out then she might be mm-hmm. subject to violence yeah and it's and she doesn't know if she'll have anyone to turn to yeah she doesn't because... know because her, her dad's not in the picture and if her mom gives up on her then she you know that's the only family it seems like she has yeah in in there like she doesn't mm-hmm. ever talk about any other family mm-hmm. and you know, my heart really goes out to people in that situation just because on the one aspect, you can try and be true to yourself and try to live your best life for what's right for you, you know, or you can try to be incognito and just mm-hmm. go with the flow. But at the same time, that and creates such internal pain. Yes. Because you can't be yourself you yeah. know You're, you can't be yourself for fear of what others will think or do mm-hmm. and it's really hard like i uh, i know that you identified a lot more with Alyssa and yeah. her struggles and especially like a lot of stuff like got to be good academically got to do all these things mm-hmm. and also with no dad with the dad <laughs> shit and i considering that i'm a, a cis white man mm-hmm. i identified with emma with the whole like you know, I'm going to be me. I'm not going, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't want a secret relationship. You know, yeah. I mentioned before with you, I had, you know, had very briefly had a, a girlfriend mm-hmm. who was kind of like, oh, yeah, we can date. But I don't, you know, we not people can't know about it because you're not cool enough, basically. I you're did, not one of the cool kids. I was the secret for one dude who was Mormon. And yeah, so you never found out whether it was the black or the not lds that was the real deal breaker with his mom it probably was honestly if it's one it's probably the other two yeah because it was it was one of those like 
oh, you're you're exotic. <laughs> and it, it, if someone calls me exotic, I swear to God, I'm going to punch him in the face. It's one of those things that it's... That I don't have to be a good example to a kid. Not being LDS was probably <laughs> the easier one to do mm -hmm. because, you know, uh, living in Utah, I mean, that's a super common thing, you know? Yeah. I, and same thing I talked about, I told you before, you know, I had a, f a friend in high school who mm -hmm. we ended up stopped not being friends because he's like, well, basically you had to be a secret friend. Like yeah. my mom doesn't want me hanging out with you because you're not mm -hmm. LDS and, you know, might be a bad influence kind of thing. I was a lot of people's at school friend. Yeah. And, and not <laughs> outside of school. It w and sometimes it was like, at school friend if other people aren't around to yeah. see us be yeah. friends because that was I don't, the my, main thing. My, you know, my, this circle can't see me associating with you who is outside of the circle mm -hmm. because then it'll compromise my position with the circle. Yeah. And once it goes to a small school, it's even worse. Yeah. I would imagine it's even worse. It is hell. And you get really good at swings. <laughs> I was a swing expert. Huh? Same. So that's why we're saying. Yeah. But uh, so, yeah. So this, depending on who's watching it, they might be like, well, why doesn't Alyssa just come out? You know, mm -hmm. and other people watching it are like, I get why Alyssa doesn't come yeah. out. And some people might think that Emma's wrong for breaking up with Alyssa mm -hmm. for not coming out. Like we said, there's, there's, it's very, it's complicated. Yeah. Uh, so I would hope that people watching it can look to the other side of things. Um, it definitely is framed more from Emma's perspective than Alyssa's. She, she is the protagonist. And so it's easier to put yourself in Emma's face, but definitely consider the folks that are on the Alyssa side of the spectrum that would have a lot of things to lose as well. True. but And probably being a black lesbian in Indiana isn't gonna give her any I don't know how many because if they're not in Gary <laughs> then uh yeah trying to remember the small town murder stats for some of those small towns <laughs> but it's, it's one of those things too and then there's the flip side of that too which is mm. then you can't you can't force somebody to be in mm -hmm. a relationship that they're uncomfortable with because yeah. you have to keep it secret mm -hmm. and so it I feel like that in that thing it probably until until they can be in a space where they can uh, mm -hmm. be together safer, it does make sense for them to not be together because for one, mm -hmm. it hurts Emma, and it granted it hurts uh, Alyssa as well, but it does get rid of the one bit of support for Alyssa's sexuality that she has. Yeah, is her secret support? Yeah, because. Yeah. At least she has somebody to talk to, but as soon as there's no Emma, it's like, and I'm adrift, what the fuck do I do? Uh, it's it's, true. it's sucky all around. It is sucky all around because we can pull from our own personal experiences mm -hmm. and then say, well, this person should do this, or this person mm -hmm. should be more understanding of that, but at the same time, everybody is responsible for their life yeah. and their own choices. And the, the I, heartbreaking thing is that they're so close to 18. Yeah. But for Emma, there's probably a little bit more freedom because who knows what Alyssa's conditions are for college Yeah, from her mom. Well, I'm cause... sure, I'm sure her mom is probably like, you're going to go to Stanford or you're mm. going to go to Harvard. You know, you're going to go to an Ivy league institution. Yeah. And if you don't do this, 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 and this, I'm cutting off everything. Yeah, You, and... you, you need to be a doctor or a lawyer mm -hmm. or. 
Because just just from that one song, it's like, oh, Alyssa, even with this ending happy, it's not completely happy for you because you have to have the ride home. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) That's implied at the end when the mom's like, we still have to talk. And it's like, oh, no, this isn't a No, I need to see what that talk was. (laughs) Before I know how happy of an ending this is. That's a fair point. Or if this was just, you get one night. And then, after this, it, I, I would hope, hope not. not. I would hope not. But there are some parents that but, are fucky. And people can be two-faced, mm. so who knows. But mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, but then again, then we're getting into too much into... Uh, into the one year later, like we do with other <laughs> shows. <laughs> fair. Fair. No, one knows? year later of Guys and Dolls where they adopt the entire cast of Annie. <laughs> yeah, or the one year later with this where it turns out that once they, they're both out and they're proud, then they realize, oh, well, you know what? I was dating you because you were the only other gay person I knew. Mm-hmm. And now there's this whole other world open up to me. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But on a lighter note, Elder Price goes to the mall. Thank God for this scene. This is this a, scene this, was needed. This is an example of what we're talking about, how because it's PG-13, they don't kick you in the heart constantly. Mm-hmm. And so they have moments of levity to bring you out of the heavy moments because yes. you just need it. And this Thank scene... Fuck for the Godspell kids. So this scene... <laughs> I, this is a long note I have for this one. I have, I have things to say about this. That's fine. So <laughs> this scene is entertaining... It is incredibly, incredibly, it's incredibly, incredibly left-leaning. And what I mean by that is you and I have seen these exact same arguments used against people on the right who are homophobic Mm -hmm. and against LGBTQ issues. Mm -hmm. And we know for a fact that it does not work. It does not work. This scene would never work in reality. You, you can, (laughs) you can tell, you can tell a a, a bigoted Christian a hundred times that Jesus said, love thy neighbor. And they're going to be like, yeah, but not gays. Yeah. They will always, even if you, cause even as, as good of an argument as elder price gives, about using the Bible towards them, they will always cherry pick. They will always cherry pick. Always, always, always cherry pick. It's like arguing with a fucking wall. Um, Yeah, and and this goes not just for gay and trans issues. This is race issues. This is women's issues. Yeah, everything. 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 People are always going to cherry pick what they want to believe and and disregard the other stuff that doesn't suit their narrative. That's just how it is, and it's incredibly frustrating. Yeah, honestly, you have to do cult. Like, not to say that Christian that right-wing Christians are cultists. Um, I would like to direct you to the current political yeah, climate right now. Current political climate. Mm, not looking good for y'all. But you almost have to deprogram that way. Because mm. it's why there's things like life after hate. Yeah. Is because you have to have somebody professionally break that shit down. Because as much as we'd love for the gospel kids, Godspell kids to swoop in and be like, Love thy neighbor. You're saying this in the Bible, but what about this that mm-hmm. you also do? They don't care because you say gays are bad, but I see you're eating shrimp. 
Mm-hmm. Why is that okay? <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't be eating shrimp. Hey, you're cutting. You're, you got that tattoo? Hey, I saw you got a haircut recently. Yeah. Those are all things not allowed. You're wearing a polyester cotton blend. Not allowed. <laughs> Read thy Bible so, if you're going to be quoting it, yeah. bitches. So, yeah. Also, taking the Lord's name in vain is not saying, oh my God. It is using God's name to uh, bring about things that would harm other people. Like, it's it's using God's name in a way that's contrary to God. So if you're saying, that like, God is, damn you? That's... Yes, God damn you is not taking the Lord's name in vain. Saying, God told me <laughs> to build a wall and we're going to have Mexico pay for it. That's taking God's name in vain. Okay. I mean, he didn't ever say it yeah. that way, but, you know, people who think that, that's taking God's name in vain. Shame. And a former uh, minister in training here, so... Was gonna do that, and then I went, uh, I don't think Lutherans are ready for a bisexual trans minister. Well, plus, it was also, uh, in... like, you and your mom learning about how... Yeah, also, fuck the way that churches run. Jesus It's a business, Christ. yeah. That is... No! You're in the... No! You're in the business of saving souls. Uh, uh that was horrible. So I did say on a lighter note, but we're going to get into it. So Elder Price goes to the mall to uh, talk to the youth and asks them why they hate gays. With the help of the Godspell kids they traveled there with, they are able to use some of the similar tactics we've seen employed on bigots before with zero effect. But since it's a musical, it actually works. They run through the normal things. Well, gays are bad because it says so in the Old Testament. Well, blonde cheerleader has a tattoo, which is a no-no. Brunette cheerleader seems to be too friendly with her boyfriend, and Elder Price implies that if you're not a virgin, then you get to get stoned to death. Blonde cheerleader's boyfriend goes, Well, my stepdad says, (laughs) and Elder Price goes, Whoa! Divorce, huh? Well, I guess we'll have to kill your mom because the Bible... And it's stuff, it's the kind of stuff that anyone who has spent any amount of time on the internet arguing with bigots about their bigoted beliefs. Or in person. Or in person. Has said or seen, uh, has said or seen, but to no avail. If people want to keep their heads up their asses, they will do so with great determination. (sighs) I've never said this before, but I wish life was more like a musical. (laughs) Anyways... Through the course of the song and scene, Elder uh, Elder Price keeps reminding the youth that one message above all others should be heeded. Love thy neighbor, which a fucking men. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Through the use of logical arguments showcasing the hypocrisy implementing religious dogma in societal governance and the power of song, Elder Price convinces the youth to pull their heads out of their asses and clean the shit out of their ears, but in a more pg-13 way yes yay musical so it's a good scene but it's also a scene that any a little any a little bit of i don't know it, it wouldn't <laughs> work in a red state you, you apply it well i mean even even in a blue state there's yeah. people who are red leaning that's the thing you can't yeah you can't but like yeah. it, since he's doing it in the solidly red area it's like no, that's never gonna work. I mean, some folks here, Godspell is too out there. Godspell, which is just throwing the book of Matthew back at you, is too left-leaning leaning for this state in some places. Like, 
what? Well, you know, my favorite part of the Bible was where Jesus uh, created a business in which he sold miracles to people, you know, and using like that resurrecting, you know, going to rich people being like, hey, you really want to live forever? Jesus chased tax collectors out of the temple and we need to all emulate Jesus (laughs) and start whipping the lobbyists out or whipping the church out of our politics and so on and so forth. Like, because the church is not being an actual church. It is being run as a business. And as soon as they start being a business, it's being you're run, not a religion anymore. Well, it's being run as a political wing, too. Yeah, that too. Which, so, which is also, a, also business. a business. Because we live in a, a society. <laughs> uh, we live in a society! We're supposed to behave in a civilized manner! I'm about to, like give up everything and go join a flock of ravens in the desert. And we're all just going to sit and caw and pick at bones. You know you can't fly though, right? Ah. Okay then. Ah. I stand corrected. Okay, get back in your seat. Ah. <laughs> back at the Hotel of Disappointment, Meryl, through the power of a ha- see, through the power of a handsome, charismatic black bay, has given <laughs> up her Hampton house to her ex, Eddie Sharp, who has a popular comedy talk show. She's done with this no uh, she's done with no in- she's done this with no intent of a reward and only for the purpose of easing another person's burden. <laughs> it was a completely selfless act. And I love the way that she recounts that, too, with yes. her friend. She's like, I've got, Emma, an appointment to be on Eddie Page's show. Mm. But, but the Hampton House. Yep. I've given up the Hampton House. I'm doing this for Emma with no thought of myself and just to ease her burden. And you get, like, he <laughs> just looking at her, just smiling, like, yeah. just like, yeah, good. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And she's just, the way that she, you see her brain trying to create these new neuron pathways yeah. to, like, reinforce, yes, this is what I do now. Mm-hmm. Giving back is my new thing. Uh... Yes, Emma comes in just in time to hear the good news that she'll be on TV with a guaranteed audience of 16 million people, and she'll be able to tell her story. Emma thanks them for all their help and support, and without them, and without them, she wouldn't have the courage to do this. But she's going to do it her way and not go on Eddie Sharp's show. Good move. Meryl, the reformed, now kind, generous, selfless, good person, lunges at Emma... <laughs> With murder in her eyes and is restrained by the others, James rushes Emma out before she can be murdered by Meryl, who is screaming, You owe me a house! You owe me a house! (laughs) That was such a good performance from her. You know what? Old habits die hard. Yes. And she just kind of relapsed into her Yes, I mean, you can't... You can't take somebody who has just kicked a habit into the den of where their habits lie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well <laughs> you put. You can't do that well put. and expect them to not slide off. Like, it just, no. <laughs> James sits down with Emma and gives her him the short of her plan, that she's going to tell her story in her way, and in the end, there will be a prom in Edgewater, Indiana for everyone. She know- She knows it. 
and she asks if James would be her date to that prom. When James tries to inquire about Alyssa, Emma says that they broke up. James agrees to be her date, and Emma rushes off to put her plan into action, leaving James to sing about how he's finally going to the prom, and how if he could go back and yell at his young self, and uh, <laughs> if he could go back in time and tell his young self that everything will be alright, and that everything will get better. And it's actually a pretty cute scene for him, because he, mm-hmm. he's like a giddy little schoolboy again, yeah. you know? And it shows uh, some flashbacks to him, uh being a teen like waiting outside prom Mm -hmm. you know for his date the youngest fucking teen i've ever seen you have you've probably seen my teen photo oh Uh, fair i have the baby face i had an even babier face when i was a baby uh so (laughs) but you see him he talks about he's waiting for his date to show up and then his date showed up with a girl Mm -hmm. and just kind of looked at him as he walked in and he was just like yeah onward Emma is at home, on her laptop, and telling the world her story. If people heard about the girl at a prom of one, if people heard about the girl who was at a prom of one, that was her, and how much it hurt, and how she was feeling sorry for herself, and she didn't want other people to feel alone. And Emma sings an awesome song that gets hella views, and lots of other queer peers who are, who are sharing their experience about being gay and afraid. It's a very touching scene, and it ends with the principal key showing the video to our Broadway gang, who are just blown away by it. However, the prom Emma is throwing has no funding, and all the actors chip in to help fund it. I, do, I don't know if it happens before the funding or after where you see Alyssa watching the video and her mom being oh, a oh. total bitch. It's during it. it. Yeah, yeah, so it's before it goes. Thank you for bringing that up because it's you see Alyssa at the counter, you know, in the kitchen at home watching it, and her mom just comes in. She's like... How many times are you going to watch that kind of thing? And, mm-hmm. and she's like, I think it's very brave, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. And her mom's just kind of giving her the side eye like, yeah. why aren't you homophobic like me? Yeah. I didn't and... raise you to not be a bigot. Huh. I just, I, again, I worry for that girl. <laughs> yeah. So all the actors chip in to help fund the, the, uh, prom that, uh, mm-hmm. Emma wants to throw. Meryl too, with a little guilting and prodding from the others as they're leaving meryl tells james that uh she called his mother because uh she knows he wouldn't and when james inquires what his mother said meryl is like well why don't you tell her why don't you let her tell you and james's mother is right there behind him (sighs) meryl bails and leaves the two to talk and james is like fuck off mom And she tries to apologize, saying that her and his father just didn't know how to handle the news that he was gay, and that she's sorry, and that they were not there. That 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 she's sorry that they were not there for him. His father is still not quite there, but hey, mom is there, so that's that's a fifty percent success. Yeah. James forgives his mom, and the two hug and cry, and uh, yeah. It's emotional, and for a brief moment, I felt the curse of the witch start to break, but then it snapped back, and the tears were transferred to Kay. Big time. Yeah, and they're starting to transfer again. Fuck that scene! Yeah, that's one of the <sighs> scenes that we, we were talking about that uh, James Corden really acted his balls off. Yeah. That. And, like, he just, you know, again. he got teary-eyed, and he had so much emotion and so much passion in that scene. Yeah, and I so wish we could have seen that Barry Glickman underneath the rest of it, but 
whatever. It's James Corden. He's you know he Buster just for Jones. He just so. needs to say that he's bisexual, and then it'd be like okay. But he's not. He's straight. Uh, back at the prom to be, the gang is decorating, and they decide to come clean with Emma and tell her that they came to Indiana for selfish reasons, to help their careers. And Emma is cool with it, because they came clean, and they're there to help her. Bitch Von School Board comes in to be like, Stop this! Stop it now! And Principal Key is like, Hey, it's not a school activity. It's a private event, so fuck off. <laughs> and before Bitch Von School Board can get another word in... The kids that Elder Price sang to sang the power of Jesus's love into come into the gym to tell Emma that they are sorry for being jerks, and Elder Price is like, "Ha, I'm awesome," and the kids are like, "You explained things really well. You should be a teacher." I <gasps> love that. Oh my God, I you love... should be our drama teacher. <laughs> and Principal Key is like, "You're hired." Don't know where we're going to get the funding for a new class and a teacher, but, uh, hey, it's a movie musical, so welcome to the faculty. Meryl Streep. <laughs> so, the Joke. only... Oh, okay. I was going to go into a whole thing about how that no. would probably only work for a year, and that yeah. they're still going to have to probably raise taxes mm -hmm. to, in order to fund the drama department. And they won't and, do it. Well, they won't do it, because... Who knows? They say fuck the arts every time. Arts is always the first thing to get cut. <sighs> Anyways, Bitch Von School Board tries to stop all the positivity and is stopped by Alyssa, who comes in to be like, Stop talking. Just listen. People don't turn gay. They are who they are, and they just want to be allowed to live. And Alyssa then turns around and tells Emma that she loves her. And Emma tells Alyssa she loves her. And Bitch Von School Board is not happy. She tells Alyssa that she's young and confused and that she doesn't know what she wants with uh, she doesn't know what she wants in her life and she tries to tell her that she doesn't want her life to be hard. Bitch Von School Board tells her that they'll talk about this at home and she marches out, leaving Alyssa crying in Emma's arms. I think I remember Alyssa also saying, Life already yeah. is hard. Bas yeah, she so yeah, I was, I was yeah. Uh so uh, she's crying in Emma's arms, who has dealt with this kind of thing before. So what Kay had said, before she turns around to tell Emma that she loves her, uh, or is it? It's after. It is after. Yeah, she says, yeah, she says, you're young and you're confused and I don't want your life to be hard. Mm -hmm. And she's like, life is already hard kind of thing. Yeah. And the thing, too, is, is I just want to reach into this into the movie universe and yell in bitch von school board's face it's only hard because of people like you mm -hmm. like it's hard for gay people because of bigots who want to hurt gay people yeah that's why it's hard yeah if you're cool with it like any normal person who knows gay people and is like oh they're just people like me they yeah. just are attracted to something else like yeah I don't go around slapping Brussels sprouts out of the hand of everybody going, No! You can't have Brussels sprouts! Because I think Brussels sprouts are gross! And if I think it's gross, you're not allowed to like it! <sighs> okay. Yeah, it's... I have no strong opinions about the equal treatment of people whatsoever. Or Brussels sprouts. Or Brussels sprouts. I mean... <laughs> see, that's not a fair comparison because I like them now, you know, if you cook them right. But that's... You're welcome. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Glory to the K. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's one of those things where, and it's it's the same thing with pronouns, too. If you use the person's preferred pronouns, that's going to be 
that's going to make their life a little bit easier. Oh, man. And, and that, like, oh, you're so <laughs> that's that's something that I mean, you've seen me go off on Facebook at people that I used to go to school with and shit. That well, and, th- and that's assholes. And, and that's the thing is, like, when you do that, it's not because they like slipped up. It's yeah. because they're intentionally. Yeah, they are intentionally being condescending. Being jackasses. They're intentionally being assholes. Like, yeah. oh, what? You prefer they, them? Well, sorry, she, you know, yeah. kind of thing. And it's like, I try to be good. Sorry, she, but I prefer good English. Fuck you, motherfucker. <laughs> they, them has been a singular pronoun since the 14th century. Look at the fuck up. It's in the Oxford Dictionary, you ass. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. And I was just going to talk about, like, I try to be very respectful mm-hmm. of people's pronouns. I still fuck up with you sometimes, yeah. but I try to, every time I do, I try mm. to correct myself. Because yes. even though you're cool with it and, like, yeah. you don't take any mm. personal offense. Because like my I, personal pronouns are they, them, but I will, I am okay with she, her because that's, I, I still, for reasons, present more feminine to people even though partly because my dis my gender identity is weird so (laughs) (laughs) i i it's hard to explain it see and my pronouns are he him or you sexy motherfucker like either i'm fine with any but if you call warren sexy motherfucker just know that i'm gonna be looking going what are your intentions with my husband The shorthand of that is if it's a guy saying it, you're cool. If it's a girl, for the most part, yeah. yeah. If it's a girl, then you're gonna be like, mm. if if it's a guy saying it, chances are I'm like, okay, well, yeah, that's you'll you'll be getting something out of the exchange that I cannot give you, and <laughs> hey. that's that's you with. <laughs> hey, you know that if somebody flirts with me, that that if somebody not my wife flirts with somebody with a vagina who is not my wife, mm. flirts with me, you know I will come tell you. Because yes, I don't, because you have. Because I don't want you to not trust me. Yeah. So you know I will tell. I will be like, um, just so you know, so-and-so did this thing. And you'll be like, okay, now I know that I need to kill them. <laughs> no, no, no. No, you don't, don't kill them. I'm like a fucking just, Canada goose, just, man. Just know that I am loyal and I love you. Fucking trumpeter swan over here just... <laughs> Flap, flap, flap. Boy, can I just say I'm glad you don't have teeth on your tongue? Me too. Me too. Yeah. No bueno. (laughs) I'm also glad you don't have teeth on your tongue. That would not be fun. Kissing would be like a knife fight. (laughs) Perfect for an audio medium. (laughs) Okay. So. Uh, yeah, bitch fun, school board leaves, and Alyssa's crying in Emma's arms. The adults in the room jingle the keys and are like, Oh, hey, let's decorate, huh? Decorating is fun and will distract us from all these emotions. And the scene pretty much goes right into the prom. The decorations are awesome. The Mm -hmm. scene looks great and everybody is blown away. Emma and Alyssa dance and sing as the crowd starts to roll in. Kids from all across have come to the prom, and it's very inclusive. And we see some of the straight couple kids from earlier uh, come to because it's mm-hmm. an inclusive prom. Yep. It's not a gay prom. Which, that is something that, like, it it does... It, having good allies is amazing. 
having good allies is one of the best feelings. So I loved that. And I also loved that it wasn't just gay couples, that it was, uh, it was trans people with like, uh, female presenting male presenting either in like it it ran the gamut yeah it ran the gamut it ran the gamut of couples who if you were to look at them you go oh that's a straight couple but really that's a one person um is probably by the other person is maybe straight or is also by you've got you had a couple of folks that looked like triads which was cool to see um triads being a polyamorous relationship which doesn't get much brought in i kind of would have loved to have seen some uh some way of showing that you had ace people included but that would be harder to do just because you know it's easier to make something it's easier to bring out people that very visually look oh hey this is a bunch of kids from all across the lgbtq spectrum but you know it's it's a movie. It's the limitations of that. I liked that, though, because, you know, it, and it's the same thing with the song that Emma was singing, that you had uh, kids that were, like, very, um, very much so, like, non-binary and stuff. in Underrepresented parts of the LGBT community being shown. That was really good to see, because... They could have gone the easy route and had just boy girl or boy boy couples and girl girl couples, yeah. but instead they went, "Oh hey, we have couples that might be straight passing," in quotes because it's I I hate that term, but that's the easiest way to put it. Um, but aren't or you would have like you have trans kids, you have uh, cis kids being with it, like it's just it's all inclusive. The whole and, rainbow was yeah there. and. Trans, I'm including non-binary because we're part of that umbrella, but yeah. But yeah, it's really good that they had the whole rainbow represented. Because mm-hmm. like you're talking about, they could have kind of gone with vanilla gay and just yeah. kind of been like, oh, just just lesbians, just gay, you know, just mm. just having that. But they really tried to show... The B the... is for bacon, the T is for tomato. <laughs> <laughs> the sandwich people. Uh, love me a good gay sandwich. Um <laughs> But yeah, they they could have they could have gone that route, but you know, in for a penny in for a pound, they were mm-hmm. like, "No, let's let's try and show as much of that spectrum as we can." And it is cool that, you know, they had the straight allies there too, the the recently rehabilitated yes. uh, former bigots kind of thing. Yes. And so that's nice to see too, and it's one of those things too that I think it is an important message that people grow. Yes. People grow and you can you cannot be you can you can be I shouldn't say ashamed. That's the wrong word. You can be, you can change just because you were raised a certain way, maybe Mm -hmm. to like dislike a certain group or to have a certain view. Yes. People grow and people change as new information is presented to them and they assimilate that information Mm -hmm. and they change their worldview based on that. And people who formerly maybe were really homophobic, uh, if they are genuine and like they're mm-hmm. men, I was wrong. Like gay yeah. people are all right. And I was wrong to, mm-hmm. you know, it is also important to uh, be welcoming of that group. Like to be like, yes. hey, you know what? 
you shit the bed. But you know yeah. what? You you put on some clean sheets and you're mm-hmm. you're moving forward. You acknowledge you shit the bed. You apologize for shitting be- the bed, and then you cleaned up the bed. Yes, you know uh, nobody is perfect. Yeah. Everybody fucks up. Yeah, you know we've all had shitty views at one time or another. Yes. Um, but the important thing is that you know people grow and change and become mm-hmm. better. And it is good to see that because I know I give those kids shit the whole movie for being Mm -hmm. bigots kind of thing. But, you know, hatred is taught. We learn hatred from our parents and our our peers Mm -hmm. and shit like that. And it's it's good to see, too, because you also have Barry's mom is there. Yes. He dances with his mom, which is cute. That's important, too, that there's that healing that can start to happen because it's it's good when it can because it doesn't often. It, 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 it's, it's not a one-size-fits-all yeah. thing. There, there are often folks who don't get that sort of healing. So it's good to see those bits of hope. And it's one of those things that I sat there and I went, man, if I would have seen this as a kid or as, as a teen, I probably would have come out as non-binary a lot sooner. But I also didn't know that there was a word for it. So. As a non-bi-bi? Yeah, it would have been like, oh, I'm a non-bi-bi. Or is so. it a bi-non-bi? I, like, I think non-bi-bi rolls. Non-bi-bi is more fun. If, if, if it rolls off the tongue better. Yeah, it's it's a little bit more fun. All right, so, uh, yeah, so people start rolling in to join the prom. The entire rainbow is represented, and Bitch Von's school board comes in looking snazzy. Mm-hmm. And Alyssa goes to her. Bitch Von's school board tells her that she's her daughter. And that she loves her and nothing will change that. And the two cry and hug. Mm-hmm. So it's a good scene. And holy shit, Carrie Washington's such a good actress. She is. God, she, like, yo. Because <laughs> I'm, you know, I don't, I know next to nothing about her in mm-hmm. real life. Mm-hmm. I imagine she's, if you're doing this kind of movie, playing that kind of role, you're probably not homophobic. Yeah. So for her to wear those shoes Mm -hmm. and to do it so well and to really bring a lot of of emotion to that type of person Mm -hmm. having that kind of struggle like yeah like you know i don't like gay people my daughter's gay but i love my daughter Mm -hmm. uh like she her cognitive dis like you get to really see her struggle as she delivers her lines, and I love that. Yes. Like, oh my god, she's so She did good. a very good <gasps> job. Okay, okay. So they cry and hug, and then, uh, let's get this party started! <laughs> Music kicks in, and everybody dances and sings, and it's a beautiful closing to the show. Principal Key kisses Meryl, Ooh. and James <laughs> dances with his mom, and we find out that Nicole gets to take the red-eye flight the next day uh, because she's going to get the leading role that she's been shafted over and over and over again for. Roxy Hart has shingles. Yep. <laughs> Which I love that it was uh, Tina Louise who was from uh, Gilligan's Island. She was Ginger. Yeah. And I loved that. I fucking loved Tina that Louise so has much. Shingles. <laughs> I love that. What was it like? Her like she because she's on the phone and stuff, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, you know they there's the she has shingles and they want me to play the role of uh, uh-huh. whatever her name is." And they're and, Roxy Hart. Yeah, mm-hmm. Roxy Hart. Well, what'd you tell them? I told them no. I'm going to the prom, and they're like, "Woo!" And she's like, "Just kidding. I've got a red eye flight tomorrow morning, so <laughs> yes, let's get this party started." <laughs> kind of thing, which was great because I love how her thing is. She's like, 
Because initially you get this moment like, oh my gosh, her character growth. She turned down this role that she's been... Wa- oh, nope. She's just going to try and burn the candle at both ends. <laughs> yeah, Switch is a very theater response, actually. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. You just kind of rely on the stage help to get you through that performance. I'm going to do three different shows. I'm going to be in production of one, opening another, and rehearsals for a third, because I'm... Yeah. You did that, didn't you? Footloose, Godspell, and I'm trying to remember the third one. The third one was a blur. That's how <laughs> That's burned how, out. <laughs> how overextended you were. Yeah. All right. Anyways, the big finale number ends and goes into the credits where we see the main cast sitting in the photo chairs holding up signs saying stuff like, Best Dressed. We also got drama. a cute kiss from uh, Jess and Alyssa. Yeah, or Emma and, and Alyssa. That's true. We do we do get to see our couple of the show mm-hmm. finally kiss. Which I do love that both girls are also not straight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, thank you for doing that at least, movie. Yeah, thank you for doing that at least. <laughs> but uh, yes, so we get to see them kiss and stuff, and everybody's partying, having a good time. Because the, the prom party scene continues into the credits. Mm-hmm. It's, it's one of those very upbeat credits yeah. where it kind of continues the show mm. uh and we find out that tracy ullman was in this the entire time <laughs> yeah <laughs> and she she played uh uh barry's mother yeah and it's like we we let uh, what that's you <laughs> but yes yeah, so uh people are sitting in the photo chair holding up different signs as the camera zooms in on them like best dressed biggest drama queen most athletic just fun school stuff like that yeah the end very cute. The show Very is he, yeah. So my closing thoughts: the show is good and has great music. And holy fuck, is it full of feels! I don't think I've s- seen a show make Kay cry this much and almost make me cry this much. My God, it's full of feels. <laughs> my God, it's full of tears. <laughs> but yeah, good, good show. Um, there are some things that Kay and I had artistic differences mm-hmm. about, like with the production of the show, and we also yeah. had differences with, you know, story, story stuff, wise, but... you know. But overall, mm-hmm. good show, good yes. show. I, I do. The music was really good. I do wish the songs were a little bit more memorable, because, mm-hmm. like I said, this this probably isn't a soundtrack that I I would listen no. to a whole lot. No, but it's it's a it's a fun movie musical yes it's well done yes it is yeah solid yes i i do want to see it on stage i see i would yeah i would love to see this one on stage i would love to see a pro shot too and once again this is just more proof of movie musicals do not destroy the appreciation of theater they make us want to see them more and make us wish that we could be in the seat and be there, uh, like uh, Principal Keegan Michael Key. <laughs> My biggest thing is just crowds. Yeah, but, but when you're in the theater, you don't really notice the crowds as much. Generally, oh, oh grunty girl, squeaker girl wants her squeaker dinner. girl. Yeah. So, with that being said, are you ready to find out what we're watching next? Ooh, what's our next showcase? It'll be the second time we've had a non-family guest on the show. We are going to be doing Guys on Ice with the amazing Ned Donovan. <sighs> I'm excited. Yes, me too. So's Latte. Latte's very excited to have Latte's Ned on the show. Latte's very excited. 
And for, for our listeners, Ned Donovan was, uh, you might remember him from October when we did the Hunted Encore as he was part of one of the actors and also uh, helped produce and He, and he wrote the show. Yeah, shows. wrote it. Yeah. He, he wrote uh, the Hunted uh, Encore uh, seasons one and two, which again, y'all, if you haven't watched it yet, what are you doing? Go watch it now. It's, it's good. Awesome. It's, it's awesome. so good. Great music. Best Halloween shows ever. Um, but yeah, so I'm excited for that. Uh, let's get ready to head out. Thank you all so much for listening. If you'd like to get in touch with Kay and I, you can do so at our home base, which is ToneDeafMusical.com. There we have links to our social medias, our Instagrams, our Facebooks, our Twitters, as well as a link to the Cast Junkie Discord server, where we have our own Not Safe for Work channel. So come, drop in, hang out, uh, share some pictures of your animals, and uh, talk about theater, or just shoot the shit. Yes, if you want to... Almost, almost. If you want to help out the show, uh, please leave a review. Uh, really helps us get up the charts. Anyway, um, that'll be it for this week. I'm Kay. I'm Warren. And this has been Tone, Tone Deaf. Deaf. Okay. All right, Cooper. Shall we? Let's go. Yeah. Do you need to go see the grandpas here? Are you nervous about grandpa?